Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Did you know that it's considered a crime punishable by law for women and girls to share menstrual products in prison? Did you know that incarcerated women and girls use socks, mattress stuffing, and ripped sheets while menstruating? And did you know that formerly incarcerated women are two times as likely to experience homelessness and unemployment than men? Run entirely on crowdfunding and online giving, the Thurman Perry Foundation offers scholarships, public health resources, and housing relief to women impacted by incarceration. In one year, they have donated over 70,000 organic, cotton, and chemical-free menstrual products to prisons and jails. They've also awarded tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships across the U.S., and provided housing assistance to formerly incarcerated mothers. This August, for National Black Philanthropy Month, the Thurman Perry Foundation will be partnering with Drew Holiday and the Milwaukee Bucks and his wife, Lauren Holiday, two-time Olympic gold medalist and FIFA World Cup champion, for the Thurman Perry Foundation's Hashtag Black August campaign. Through the entire month of August, the Drew and Lauren Holiday Social Impact Fund will be matching donations given to the Thurman Perry Foundation to address the human rights violations experienced by women and girls through the carceral system. 95% of all funds raised will go directly to currently incarcerated women, formerly incarcerated women, and the daughters of anyone who has experienced incarceration in an ongoing effort to fund scholarships through the Perry Second Chances Scholarship also to prevent reproductive ailments via the Girl Code Initiative and provide housing assistance to formerly incarcerated mothers through their Mother's Day 365 program. Donations can be made at www.thurmanperryfoundation.org and they can also be sent to the Thurman Perry Foundation via mail at P.O. Box 5471, Covington, Louisiana, 704334. Use the hashtag, hashtag Black August, to show your support for TPF's mission of aiding women and girls across the U.S. in seeing a more just and humane future. It's a show you'd endorse. Page of singing, of course. And Mikey loves a woman with teeth like a horse. And Todd's getting winky, winky, because RTV Damn, girl. You podcast with that ass? It's the better off dead. I'm having fun. <laughs> you know, the uh, one of the main ladies who voiced the Rugrats sang that song? Yes. Yeah, yeah, not just Rugrats. She has worked steadily for like 
30 fucking years. She's done stuff more famous than Rugrats since. Hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. Nothing's more famous than Rugrats. You know how I know that's not true, Paige? Because you just said, let me look it up. Because <laughs> well, it's all cartoon <laughs> shit. So, like, yeah. she's done other cartoons. I just don't. She was also in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Ooh. Uh, she was Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. She was, uh, I think, Bubbles. She's Babe, Pig in the City. Wait, Babe talks? Yeah, Babe talks. I've never seen Babe. She's also been in Sing, the Sing 1 and Sing 2 movies. Yeah, Powerpuff Girls is just for girls. Rugrats had universal appeal. That's also not true, but also she's done almost all of the uh, animated Avenger stuff she's in. Basically, any animated Marvel anything she does, and also Speed Racer. The length of this conversation is super out of proportion to my interest in it, but like, let's just like jump <laughs> into the episode. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, get, I get that Rugrats is fucking famous, but like... The woman has worked steadily for 30 years and Rugrats has been off TV for 25 of them. You guys lost me at Women Who Work. Oh, Good my God. God. I hate both All right, Paige, you better just start this episode. I Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph, and I'm super happy. And I'm Todd Schlosser, and I'm having an all right day, I guess. But today, we have a very special guest. Yes. What? Someone <laughs> who I will just refer to as dad for the rest of my life. <laughs> yes. As I've said, your paperwork is still pending. This is bullshit! <laughs> No, my Na my Nashville boys, I love it. Yes. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Thank you. It is it's, it's, dad. it's my dad. It's Paige's dad. <laughs> yes, it's our, our, it's our collective our father. Dad. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. I yeah. will split the twenty seven dollars that will be left evenly. Hell yes. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna rent a movie. <laughs> I also I also want to remind people this is not technically your first time on the show because you have been in multiple theme songs. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. he is the male voice in all of Aaron's theme songs. <laughs> Yes, Correct. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> RTP. Yeah. yeah. We probably should say that we did the movie Better, Better Off, off dead. dead. All right. So when was the first time everyone saw this movie? Last night. Okay, Mikey, it was your first time last night? Yes, yes. it was his first I time. I bet oh. you hated it. What? This no. is a Mikey movie. How can he not hate it? It is a Mikey movie. You're right. What this reminded me of the most is another 80s, weird 80s movie romantic comedy that's currently not streaming, but I wish it was. How I Got Into College. I don't know if you've seen that. No. no. How I Got Into College is also Savage Steve Holland. Early fun fact. Is it? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I have a lot of Savage Steve Holland fun facts for later, for sure. For some reason, I have seen How I Got Into College like 10 times. I've never seen Better Off Dead. But at the same stuff. They have like animated cutaway jokes yep. mm -hmm. and like weird other stuff. And I was like, this is just like that movie. I was like, yeah. I wonder if it's the same director or something. But um, I laughed so hard when that kid got thrown off the mountain. Same. <laughs> they murder a child at the emotional peak of this movie as an afterthought. He survives. I, I guess he does. Yeah, but he definitely would have died in real life. Oh, yeah. I think he had to lift his head and say $2 so you knew that he lived or else you would <laughs> yeah. feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was really good. I was really worried about the premise after I read the synopsis. <laughs> of course, understandable. Yeah. yeah. But they, they dropped that pretty early on. Yeah, or at least it's it, in every situation he talks himself out of it yeah. and then it happens on accident. But 
every single time he's like, this is not the answer. Yeah. It was so light handed on something so dark. It's like, let's tell more jokes about how this guy tried to kill himself the whole movie. (laughs) I mean, my favorite one is one he's like about to hang himself in the garage. And he's like, no, I haven't even been in New York. And then his mom just opens the door to get like the vacuum or whatever. That shit was so funny. His mom. Okay. So this felt like a older movie sized Pete and Pete episode. Yes, <laughs> oh, exactly. Okay, yes. yes. By the way, yeah. as a child, something I also used to watch with dad, Pete and Pete. Pete, and Pete. Pete yeah, and Pete. I yeah. love Pete and Pete. Uh, fun fact, Pete and Pete was created by these people. Like they, not com- like completely, there are other people involved, but Savage Steve Holland and Dan Schneider, who unfortunately turned out to be kind of a shitty, but like terrible guy. But in the 90s, they create most of Nickelodeon's lineup. So, like, that's why it feels like Pete and Pete. Okay. Todd, did you ever watch Pete and Pete? No. Well, then you're not the favorite son right now. I am. I didn't have Nickelodeon growing up because I was pure. Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I did a full rewatch of Pete and Pete two years ago. Well, it's because you knew it existed before this conversation. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Pete and Pete is famous. It's like, oh, I'm sure it is. It's just in a blind spot because I was like, you know, when I was growing up, we just had like terrestrial antenna TV. Like, we couldn't afford anything else. Terrestrial heaven. antenna TV, man. That's, that actually is what it's called. Yeah. Like I know we're making fun of Todd right now, but that is the correct term. There was a man that lived on my street, and he just held up six hangers, and we all paid him five bucks. That actually is also true. I didn't realize you lived on my street. Uh, I, I didn't realize you lived in an episode of Pete and Pete because well, that absolutely that. would happen in an episode of Pete and Pete. Todd, you should actually watch Pete and Pete. I needed the five bucks, but I liked it. It was silly. It, this, it was a silly movie. I, I liked it. I can see why John Cusack does just disavowed all knowledge. Well, he came back around and I will talk about it in fun facts because it actually ends up involving someone on our spit list. So we'll get to it later. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love how dad is not thrilled to hear you talk about the spit list. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> if you like this movie, you will like Pete and Pete. It is very much okay. the same energy. Well, I, yeah. I liked this movie the first time I saw it, although I didn't see it until later in life. I was probably mid-20s when I first saw it. So it was like a few years back. But I saw it with uh, my girlfriend at the time. She loved this movie and was like, she really, really sold it. Like, you know when someone builds a movie up and you're like, sure, it's going to suck because how much they're talking about how great it is. And then she goes on to cheat on you. But it was before that. <laughs> so, like, I still trust oh, her man. at that moment. And honestly, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, the magical realism of it to me was wild. It's so great. It's, you just never see that in movies. And I sort yeah. of really dug it. And I enjoyed it watching again today. I loved it. It's, it's a really fun movie. But I understand, like, if you don't like the magical realism, and that's probably not the right term for it, but that whole no, thing. No, it is. If, if you're yeah. not into that, I can see why you sort of hate this movie. Like, I get why John Cusack hates this movie or did hate this movie. But I think it's great. He should be proud of it because everything was crafted for funny. Yeah, everything every, yeah. in this movie. Every scene was like, how do we make this funnier? Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. they delivered on it, I yeah. thought. His mom was... I- <laughs> His mom and Ricky's mom, two of my favorite characters in the movie. Could not stand them at all. It has raisins in it. Hello, Lane. (laughs) How was your day? Beth broke up with me. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) I would say this kind of magical realism is also why I like Barb and Star. Yeah. Because it also has Mm -hmm. that just complete level of crazy, but it's still 
also kind of in the real world, but also has like a musical interlude in the middle of it. So <laughs> not a musical yeah. interlude page. That movie has a music video in it. Like it comes up with like, yeah, with like the lower third of like the, who wrote the song and like the singer and the record label. It's wild. I love that movie. Yeah. Seagulls in the sand. Can you hear my prayer? Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I saw this in the theaters. Oh my God. I saw That's this amazing. in the theater. Yes. Okay. And this and one other movie, That Thing You Do, where <gasps> it would like when I saw this movie at the credits, I was like, that, that, that was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. It's just silly and stupid yeah. and still had kind of that weird, realistic love. I'm a romantic. It's so sad. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's, I love the I, RTP uh, that we're doing it because there should be love in it. It makes it fun. And But the, yeah. the Paige and I were re-watching <laughs> and some of the stupid riffs, like when he comes up to the table at the lunch thing and Lane is sit down with um, Monique and, and uh, Schneider comes up and he just like grabs the kid's book and just hucks it and <laughs> shoves the kid away. It's yeah. just like when he tries to half jump for the balloon, every scene there's this little thing that oh, just, I was like, why didn't I wear Depends while I was watching this? So <laughs> God, love it. Yeah, I think you showed me this movie definitely as a child. For sure. That was my responsibility as a parent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. I, th- I think you showed us this around the same time you showed us Johnny Dangerously, and it may have been on the Betamax. I know Johnny Dangerously was on the Betamax. I got Johnny Dangerously as a gift on Beta that my mom spent $89 for when Good they first Lord. got $89 for Johnny Dangerously. So when was the first time you saw it, Paige? Like, when did your dad show it to you? Excuse me. When did dad show it to you? <laughs> Again, your paperwork's still under review. Um, I want to say that we went through, like, a period when I was, like, maybe like 10 or 11 where we started watching, like, this and all the John Hughes movies at once. Because you also, you showed us Ferris Bueller around the same time. Oh, um, yeah. Which is similarly, ki- a, a kind of similar movie to this but it's also that same time period and that same kind of feel yeah i mean i will say ferris bueller is probably more serious than this maybe not serious but like there really isn't the magical realism unless you not unless you count the parade scene as sort of that well and he's uh, ferris bueller's he's cheating fourth wall all the time he's looking at the audience whereas uh, you're you're looking in on better off dead and just watching it unfold and it feels very right. real all the time, which is, I love it. Yeah. Even though it is madness. Like, it's insanity. Piece, like, food gloop crawls off a plate in this movie. My <laughs> dog broke out. Hold on one second. You guys are oh, both okay. talking. Macy. Okay. His dog is insane, Dad. <laughs> Every time I see a video of her, I am struck by how hilarious and unhinged her movements are. That dog is five squirrels that are, are powering each <laughs> limb and a head independently of each other. Yeah. So you guys want to talk about it scene by scene? Yes, please. Let's get into it. We open on animated credits, which this is... I mean, there have been other animated credits, but it reminded me of the mannequin ones that were completely bonkers. These are animated by Savage Steve Holland, who is the director of this movie and does all the animation for this movie, including the claymation. Really? Okay. Nice. Yeah. We'll talk about it a little bit more further into the episode because he's famous for some a few other things and ends up in children's television, but at the time was famous for other stuff. So we'll talk about that later into the movie. Okay. We cut to a window and we get kind of a pan over of Lane, who is John Cusack's character, 
Lane's room and it's just black and white pictures of Beth all over the entire room. Uh, his alarm goes off at 8 a.m. He wakes up with ski goggles on. Like on his face, not like around his, his neck. Face. Like he slept with them on his face. So like if he took them off, he's going to have like a huge ring around both of his eyes. Right, right. Yeah. And the black and white picture shrine, I almost want him to cut away and have a photo studio that he's developing. <laughs> Who has that many black and white claws, photos? It's like a dark room. Like it, it yeah. has like, yes. like, that would have been great. Yeah. No, his closet has all uh, all the headshots of her wearing his clothes. Oh, the, I love the hangers. That. Oh, that's the mini ornament I have. Is those hangers? Yeah, you talked about it on <laughs> yeah. um, of her face. Yeah. A recent episode. I can't remember which one it was, but it was Horror Virgin. Okay. Uh, it was uh, about Gabe who made Mikey's Catter Puppy. That's right. That's yes. right. That's right. That's the one that came out today or yesterday. Yeah. Well, here's mm-hmm. how sick I am too. I, there's a shot with all the uh, hangers with the girl's face on them, and I laugh, and then then just for a second, I'm like, oh wow, what a nice walk-in closet. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has a big closet. <laughs> It's a giant closet. <laughs> That's a huge closet. Yeah. I know, especially in the 80s. Like, this is a big-ass house. So he gets into the shower with socks on. Oh, classic. And then blow dries them later. I have to ask, because I'm not a skier, is that a ski thing? Absolutely not. No. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's a no. thing you do when you layer correctly. I do that all the time. <laughs> so my thinking was, like, ballerinas will get into the shower with their point shoes on to have them, like, form to their feet faster. Yeah. And I was like, is this a thing like that for skis that I don't understand? Oh, shit. It might be, Paige. I honestly don't know. I, I was don't just making think a so. joke. Those I... are the only two clean socks he has left, <laughs> my friends. Yeah. Guess the rest of the story. That very well could be. Yeah. He is in high school, my man. Like, That's he, right. Yeah. He's a boy. Yeah. The rest of his socks are, like, now swimming out of his house. That's the problem. And they're very sticky. Y'all are nasty. They've got raisins in them. So I actually just Googled this. Okay. Okay. So you definitely shouldn't do this. I mean, yeah, I don't think we need you to Google it to tell us not to shower with our socks on, but okay. Specifically because it can cause fungus to grow on your feet because of the cold plus the wet. Yeah. So they like sell heated socks and stuff instead. He blow dries them later. It's all good. Yeah, he does blow them dry, Paige. (laughs) Yeah, it's all good. He's not an idiot. (laughs) Sure. What you don't know is at the end, the reason he has to ski with only one ski is because the other foot has like just full of fungus and it couldn't (laughs) put the other ski on it. Yeah. Full of mushrooms. One Uh, Full of Lotrimin. Yeah. (laughs) So we cut to his mom and dad's bedroom. His mom and dad are asleep, but the dad hears the bicycle wheels of the paper boy and his eyes shoot open. He runs down the stairs. We pan over like six broken garage windows in a row with one remaining unbroken window. And he's got like his wife's robe on trying to get the garage door up. He raises it just in time as the paper boy throws the paper. It reminded me of that famous NES game. Paper boy. Yes. In my mind, when I was watching it today, I was thinking of Atlanta, which I'm probably the only one of us that watches Atlanta. <laughs> no, I love Atlanta. The main with well, the main character, paper boy. It's yeah. Paper boy, paper boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. I was talking about the game where they you break out windows with papers as a paper. Oh, do boy. you really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, all right. You're probably a little young for the NES Paperboy game. That's a little 8-bit action is what we're talking about. Yeah. It's like a side-scroller. Like, it's an old-school game. (laughs) It's too much resource management for you, Paige. 
Yeah. That could be. <laughs> There's zero resource management in that game. You have made. papers. Well, you, yeah, you have to make sure I you guess have you do. papers. I mean, yeah, and then you have to run over like bundles of papers to, to get, get more. more yeah, that checks out, actually. We had an in-depth video game discussion on the last recording, and Paige was like, you don't like video games like I do. You like resource management. You do. You specifically <laughs> do. The level of resource management I can work with is... I need to gather this one shrub so I don't die. Yeah. Like, that's about it. Right. <laughs> that's my limit. <laughs> anyway, the garage door goes up, goes up. The paper hits just below the glass. And he's like, aha, you missed. And then goes inside, shuts the garage door, and it falls and slams and breaks all the windows anyway. <laughs> Quick shot of the freaky neighbor. Good morning. Good morning. Good yeah. Good morning. <laughs> yes. And if you think that that's the last time you're going to see the paper boy, no. This dude's like fifth build in this movie. He has more screen <laughs> oh. time than Curtis Armstrong or whatever. Like, he's in this movie a lot. I fell down a rabbit hole on the paper boy for fun facts, and I just want to burn one. Do it. Teeny tiny fun fact awesome. about the Paperboy. He's an Atlanta-based rapper who got his mixtape on. <laughs> sorry, Paperboy, Paperboy. Uh, he, he was 12 years old at the time. Okay. The actor's name is Damien Slade. So he Ooh. did porn. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's his name. Yeah, not at the time. He waited till like the late 90s. He waited. We'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll burn all the fun facts about him because it's real. He's cracks me up. So. He was 12 at the time. His name okay. is Damien Slade. He read the script, actually did read the script and was like, I think I should play this kid like a serial killer who just hasn't worked up to killing anyone yet. This is he talked about this in an interview. <laughs> well, he was right. And that is exactly how he did it. So with that in mind, he had different headshots taken. Oh, my God. So he brought in headshots of just him looking menacing in a leather jacket as a 12 year old. And they were like, what the fuck? This guy's working the business, man. <laughs> yes. And then he, in his audition, delivered the lines, that monotone, that like, 20 papers, $2. And they were like, hire him now. <laughs> like, hire him right away. <laughs> we better lock this kid down because he's going to be a star. Cut to 20 years later. He's not. But he did great <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> he actually, uh, he ends up on the Wonder Years for a while. Oh, so does he does he? end up working Good later on a little bit. That's great. But just the idea that he like showed up with menacing pictures and was like, my artist secret is that the paper boy is a serial killer. It's hilarious <laughs> to me. Well, I, uh, this is, you know, rewatch for me. I've seen this movie a lot, but this is the first time I'm watching this kid and I'm just like, he is freaking scary looking. Like I'm an adult <laughs> and you'd be like, uh, $2. And then I'm like, 10 cents for a paper. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally needs a tip. This is cheap. He's delivering the goods. But also how much has he cost them in windows? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he doesn't seem to care, right? There's no cost. They're not calling the paper guy. He's just afraid of the paper boy. Like, Hey, if I don't give you a window to break, this kid might snap my leg. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, now I'm just picturing him throwing a paper at somebody and it hitting them in the leg and just snapping it off. Like, <laughs> like you unroll the paper and it's like a brick, like inside the paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, God. And then you pick it up and you're like, stocks are up. Yeah. I want I want this, you know, as an adult, he's going out for some audition for, you know, SVU or something like that. And they're like, so tell us what you've done. I'm the, uh, I want my $2 guy. All right, hire this kid. All right, uh, kill the mm -hmm. hooker in the alley. Go for it. Yeah, there you go, there you go. I want my $2 back. Oh, what is this, Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> oh. 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 We've all been there.
<laughs> we haven't. It's too much resource management for me. Uh, so, we... <laughs> uh, so we cut to the kitchen where his mom is cooking breakfast, but it is blue bacon because she has boiled it because her husband didn't like it fried. This is the first of many dishes that his mom will inflict upon people. Yeah, yeah. so scary. I don't think bacon does that when you boil it. I don't think it turns... It turns gray. Okay, but it's not like... It was like teal. It was gray, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was truly blue, yeah. Yeah, but who doesn't like fried bacon? Like, what? When he said he didn't like it fried, I was like, that's dumb. Because of all the grease. Okay, like it's a cholesterol thing, I'd imagine. Yeah, but you can okay. also just cook your bacon in the oven. Yeah, That's sure. the way around it. Or do like turkey bacon or other stuff. Substitutes. That's fine. I love turkey bacon. Do you personally know anyone who doesn't like bacon fried in any form? No. Um, I do. Well, and, and I'm hit or miss because I I don't love bacon texture depending on how fried it is. But turkey bacon, I'm kind of good no matter what. You mean fake bacon? Yes, but it's also <laughs> delicious. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I prefer turkey bacon. It's a little more Ugh, uh, blasphemy, chewy, but I, I like it. I like turkey bacon too, but I do prefer yeah. quote unquote real bacon. Anyway, so. <laughs> He's not going to eat the bacon. He sits down and you can see on one of the, the cereal boxes facing him that the coupon at the bottom is already cut out and the cereal's just falling out of it. Yeah. But he's like, what's Lane doing up? Because they can hear him upstairs showering with his socks on. And they're like, oh, he's going skiing for the tryouts with Beth. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. So he gets uh, the dad gets up. David Ogden Steers, voice of Cogsworth, gets up to grab cereal out of the cabinet and every single box has a hole in it. <laughs> and all the cereal spilling out of it because they don't have like the bags to hold the cereal right, in. Right, Which like blew my mind. Like they would have had to take the bag out, pour the cereal from the bag into the box after they cut it out to do that, right? I don't know that they always had bags. I, Dad, do you remember back in the day, did cereal always have an interior bag? Uh, yeah, Dad, do you know? Do you know, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, let me take the Wayback Machine. Um, no, as a kid, I remember Cheerios just being a box and Cheerios, and then the wax paper came later. Oh, okay. But, uh, but I mean, like, when I was 10, there was bags. So when I was, like, five... Yeah, so, like, when trains were invented, they moved over to bags. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just after electric lights came on, I yeah. noticed the bags because the lights could work. <laughs> uh, my favorite, though, is somebody in set deck had to set this up because the cereal pours out of them as he takes the boxes out, which it would have fallen out as you were cutting the hole. Yeah. So somebody had to load all those boxes and then funnel cereal yes. into them so it would fall as he pulled it. My favorite one is the last one that he pulls where he says, what in the name of all that is holy? And as he gestures with it, we get like a rainbow <laughs> cereal yeah. through the scene. So good. Somebody worked hard on those cereal boxes. Yeah. Mad props. Respect where it's due. Mad Respect. props department. Mad props. <laughs> Props would be the best name for like a prop company in Hollywood. <laughs> is it this point where we see the coolest guy in the whole film in his leopard pajamas or is that later? Oh, no, that is this. So Badger <laughs> is in his leopard print robe cutting out all the coupons. I think if there was different sizes of this, it would be so difficult to source. But I think RTP should most definitely, as part of their Patreon offering, eventually <laughs> offer leopard pajamas. <laughs> it, it, it's a must. I feel like it's a hard sell. Not everyone's into animal prints, but I do love that Badger has no lines in this film. Yeah, but he's on screen for conservatively 65 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah he's yeah. in the whole movie, says nothing. And also 
hooks up with, I have to assume, seven 30-year-old women? <laughs> like, what is happening in this movie? Which, does that part does not age well, but the part no, that doesn't. I love is that people talk to Badger, and he reacts as if they're just not there. <laughs> Like in this scene, David Ogden Sears walks over to him and is like, could you not wait till we finish the cereal? And he stops mid-sentence because Badger has not even acknowledged his existence. Yeah. <laughs> I love that it cuts to Badger and he's just there filling out one of the things that they cut out of a yes. box. Yeah. Not even paying attention to his dad who's like mad at him. Yeah, yeah, nothing. I just think if the paper boy and Badger ever like meet and become friends, they are going to be like this city's rippers. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're full, full Dr. Evil is what we're looking at. Well, yeah. Because Badger's already building lasers. Well, and a spaceship at the end of this movie he takes off from his bedroom, page With household items. Yeah. So Lane comes down. He's not going to eat breakfast because last time he got so nervous, he threw it from the chairlift and had to buy a guy a new hat. Uh, He heads out the door. And as he does, his dad's like, I need to talk to you about this car that's on our lawn. So next time when you get home, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. The most dad way to do it. Memorandum. I'm like, memorandum. I'm I'm hating your dadness right now. Stop it. As that's happening, Monique, who we've not met yet, but the girl across the street is watching through the window. We cut into her room and she's kind of unpacking her suitcases and Ricky and his mom come into her room. And this is where Ricky's mom introduces her to Ricky. She is their French foreign exchange student that's going to be staying with them. And as we see almost immediately, this is a horror show. Like (laughs) Ricky is just mainlining nasal spray. His mom is like, if we redid this movie, his mom should be played by the most like loudest, most obnoxious drag queen. Like it, we need like a ginger minge on coke for his <laughs> for his mom if they ever redo this. Uh, but yeah, she's just like Ricky, come meet Monique. Just <laughs> I love how Ricky walks like barely into the room and then turns around and walks out, and then she yells him again. <laughs> like he's just so like painfully shy around him when he first meets. So funny to me. I also I, I think I mean Ricky and his mom are terrible in this movie. They're like bad people. But I feel like Ricky is crushing what he's being asked to do like he's he's so like he doesn't have a line for like the first half of this movie but his physical (laughs) comedy is very very (laughs) funny and when he does have lines he's great he's a bad dude so you're not supposed to like him but he's so good yeah it's a master class in in showing not telling because like yeah he is embodying ricky the entire time and (laughs) getting (laughs) laughs on no lines like yeah It's crazy. So we cut to Lane driving to go pick up Beth. He overshoots the crosswalk. He reverses and ends up window to window with two local brothers who have a car with a speaker system on the top and they want to race. Now, this is definitely kind of racist. (laughs) Kind of. You mean saying how they learned English through sports? (laughs) Which which we don't find that out until like two more races from now. Like it happens two or three times before we find out. Because what we first see is just two guys challenging him to a race, impersonating Howard Cosell. But that's all we have. That We have no other information to go on until he explains later. And once he kind of explains it, then you're like, okay, this is a little racist. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But until he explains it, it's just weird. <laughs> I do love that their car has like a megaphone on the top. Like they were like, yes. you know what would be better? If we could like talk <laughs> mad shit while we're racing people. Yes. To everyone we come in contact yeah. with. I 
kind of want a car that is capable of talking mad shit. I don't know, Mikey. <laughs> Remember that one time they accidentally left the speaker on in that police car and you told everyone that you had to take a wicked shit? I did. I do remember that, but <laughs> oh, fondly. Yeah, but you know what? That's clear communication. Yeah, sure. So here I'm going to yeah. I'm going to date myself. So uh, this is '85, right? Yes. Um, yes. So I was in high school. I graduated in '79, and from like '76, '77, '78, this was the voice everybody thought they could do in high school. You know how like there's uh, oh yeah everybody had a Cosell impression. This was the deal. You would do Cosell or Muhammad Ali or John Wayne. He was the <laughs> the Borat of your day. Oh, that's what it is, Mikey. I was trying to think because we were talking about this. My last wife. Night. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, who's uh, yeah. the one that everyone does now that's terrible? And it is definitely Borat. And for a while, everybody was trying to do Christopher Walken, too. I was going to say Christopher yeah, yeah. Walken, yeah. But yeah, Cosell was the the voice everybody thought they could do, and they were all crappy at it. So Yeah. yeah. Or Macho Man, Randy Savage, Hulk Ooh, Hogan. Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, yeah. yeah, brother. But yeah, Borat, definitely. And my favorite uses of Borat is when somebody starts a sentence seriously and then ends it with my wife. Like, it, <laughs> is this something that just happens at your house? Like, does Jake do this to you? Oh, Jake does it to me constantly. Jake thinks it's very funny to come home and be like, hey, uh, my wife. I was thinking we could do And I'm just like, <laughs> anyway. So they want to race. The light turns green. Lane forgets he's in reverse. The car reverses and he hits the truck of the guy who owns the pig burger. You mean Porky from Porky's. <laughs> That's I love this guy because I love Porky's as a kid. That does not at all surprise oh, Mikey. me. Dad, did you love Porky's as a kid? <laughs> that the, that the is movie not Porky's? a children's yeah. film. Yeah. I have never seen that film. What? <laughs> I have not seen it. That's surprising. <laughs> so this this guy was in Porky's too. The whatever the burger Porky. guy is. He's Porky. He's Porky. Yeah. Oh, he is. Okay. Porky's is like a gentleman's club of the deep south in the movie. I don't and think like, that that's what you'd call it, Mikey. <laughs> I mean, I, again, again, this is something Mikey saw as a child. Oh. Yeah, Kim Cattrall is in that movie. That doesn't help this. <laughs> Porky's was only like five years before this. It was like early '80s too, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. Porky's is a is a teen sex comedy that takes place in the '50s. Yes, because in the '80s everyone was obsessed with the '50s for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, my favorite part of him in this movie is that every time, because he gets in multiple car accidents with Lane, and <laughs> yeah. every single time he does, he tries to attack Lane, and he says something amazing every time. Time, and yeah. it's different every time. So this first That's one, he's pretty much how he is in Porky's. He like attacks wonderful. the teens the whole time. It's great. Because in this one, the first accident, he says, I'm going to activate your dental plan. <laughs> right, Paige, he tries to feed someone to an alligator in Porky's. Oh, just like Pearl. Like Ty West X. X. Yeah. yeah. And John Cusack is in the front seat. Just like, ah, ah, so with wah. his foot. <laughs> He's making like, Wario noises while kicking his foot out the window. Yes, it's great. I think it's probably more correct to say that Wario makes Porky noises, but that's fine. True. Yeah. Timeline wise. Right. So we cut to Beth and Beth's house. This is the first time we've actually met Beth, but we have seen her face a lot because Lane's room is terrifying. Right. So we get to Beth's and she has a giant eight by 12 of Lane that she's taking out of a frame and replacing with the new guy who we have not met yet, but his name is Roy Stalin is the character in the movie and she's on the phone with a friend and she's like yeah if he asks me out of course I'm gonna go I mean he skis the K-12 well Lane I mean yeah he had to buy the guy a new hat last time so like she's retelling the story of him 
throwing up from the chairlift. I honestly, the first time I saw this, when she took John Cusack's picture out and put Stalin's picture in, not like Joseph yes. Stalin, but the guy, I was <laughs> right. like, wait, she's going to date a 40 year old in this movie? Because he's old. He conservatively looks yeah. 40 in this movie. <laughs> he was not a teenager when this is filmed. I actually found some really interesting facts about him for fun facts, too. <laughs> I mean, Curtis Armstrong was also like 13 years older than like John Cusack when they filmed this. Oh, yeah. But. That tracks because he's been at that high school for seven and a half years. That, that is yeah, probably that my is favorite line delivery of anything Curtis Armstrong has ever said. And that includes when he was on Harmontown yelling agony while they were playing D&D. Shit was hilarious. <laughs> so we cut to the top of the mountain and Stalin's at the top. He skis down. And at this point, this turns into like an X Games level ski movie. Which brings me to what Savage Steve Holland is also famous for, which, Dad, you informed me of last night. But at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, he was famous for, like, action shots, like surfing movies, skiing movies. Really? The kind of stuff you would... Yeah. Yes. And, like Endless Summer kind of, like, ski shot stuff. You know, all those clip shows, the early clip shows, early 80s, where you'd start to see the stuff. I was telling Paige, you know, you'd go into a department store, like Macy's was one of the first ones where... They would just run a video of stuff like this in the sports department yeah. of like surfing and, and you know, at Oakley's or some of the new stores in the mall. And it was this kind of shot he was kind of known for surfing and for skiing. Interesting. There I mean, the, the skiing shots do look good. Like that doesn't surprise me at all because it does look pretty good. Well, and especially the ones with like the tricks where they're like going through each other's legs or on the one ski later. Like he's one of the only people at the time who could capture that on film. So like, yeah. It's just kind of a unique feature of this movie. Um, but we cut down to the bottom of the mountain where everyone's watching him ski, which, correct me if I'm wrong, how much of that, I mean, I guess in the Olympics, it's kind of straight down, but I always picture like other mountains, like you couldn't really tell if somebody's like, you. it's not really a spectator sport, is it? It depends on the ski slope that you're on. I've been <laughs> yeah. on some where like you, you sort of like ride around the mountain, but a lot of like yeah. the, the more difficult ones are pretty straight, straight down, down and like yeah. oh, okay. and that's sort of what they're doing the K12 is like the hardest run ever so like that sort of makes sense they didn't sense. turn into s- s- solemn slalom what is it called slalom Sh- <laughs> wow slalom you like trying to say my last name slalom <laughs> mikey's the skier on the podcast oh that's right mikey yeah, you do ski i do well I- yeah, I don't do that. I don't do slalom. Well, it's too hard to pronounce. Why should you do it? <laughs> exactly. Why am I going to learn something like that? i learn a word for a sport. Hey, you want to do a thing that has too many consonants? No. <laughs> Unless we're talking about Scrabble, I'm out. <laughs> Down at the bottom of the mountain, they're watching him do the, the K-12 run. And Charles Dumar, who is Curtis, uh, is like, hey, he's the only one to ski the t- K-12 from the glacier and live. Which, by the way, the idea that there's a just a random glacier in the middle of Northern California, pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I think the only place there is a glacier in America is in Glacier National Park, which is not Northern California. California. Well, I guess, yeah, Alaska. I meant like the lower 48. Of course, there are some in Alaska for now. The contiguous, contiguous United States. So Beth says, what a hunk. And Lane interprets that to mean him. So he like leans over and kisses her. And she's like, what? (laughs) He's such an idiot. I I sort of love it. He's like, yeah, I am such a hunk. And like, as we're watching like these hero shots of Stalin coming down the mountain. It's very funny to me. Which the more we say Stalin, the more I'm picturing it as Joseph Stalin, which is (laughs) equally funny to me. I mean, if you've seen young Joseph Stalin. I have. Dude. 
Howard was I a hunk. He yeah. could get it. Yeah. And by it, I mean murder. Yeah. <laughs> like he murdered a lot of people. So Stalin gets to the bottom and he's like, if you want to make it on the ski team, you have to have a running time of under 58 seconds. And then I will also judge your style. And that's I'm the only one judging that. Who wants to hold my clipboard? And all the girls are like, oh, me, pick me, pick me. Yeah. And he turns to Beth and says, <laughs> what's your name? You'll make a fine little helper. And Charles Dumar, <laughs> who's standing next to Beth, responds and says, Charles Dumar. And he goes, shut up, geek. <laughs> I love the earnestness in which he says, shut up, geek. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this is at a time when that was like completely fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to send something really quickly to our group chat. And I want you to okay. be picturing this. While we talk about Stalin <laughs> Oh is it a picture of young Joseph Stalin <laughs> It's a picture of young Joseph Stalin Tattooed Like it's photoshopped But yeah okay. wh- look at it It's one of my favorite pictures of Stalin I've ever seen <laughs> Holy crap Okay, <laughs> I, lo- I love the CCCP tattoo Right above his like Junk right above his junk Right above his junk yeah Very funny My favorite is He tells them to get up to the mountain to get ready And he just kind of elbows Lane And he like Lane falls backward and just dominoes like six other people on skis behind him. Yeah, just awesome. like So they get to the top and they let Stalin know that Lane Meyer is coming down next. And he says, Meyer is an Oscar Meyer. And they say, yeah. And he turns to Beth and says, so is he your main wiener man? <laughs> <laughs> Lane does his run down the mountain and comes in at one minute. So two seconds over time. So he doesn't make the team. Although, to be honest, I don't think he would have made the team regardless because I think Stalin wanted Beth. And so he was going to it was dead in the water. Yeah. Basically, when he says that, too, he's like, is he your main wiener man? I just like was like sucked back to high school and I'm like, oh my God, I know this guy. I know this <laughs> jerk, <laughs> this Stalin at my school. He would say something <laughs> to your to your face and, and and like with a teacher there and the teacher would be like, uh, hey now, but wouldn't do anything because <laughs> he was that kid. Because of the inside, the teacher's laughing. Yeah. yeah. I remember high school. <laughs> yeah, because you were that guy, Mikey. <laughs> like, is this guy your wiener guy? Whatever, <laughs> Somebody dude. had to be that guy, Mikey. It's okay. The teacher's like, he's kind of a loser. <laughs> this is my two sons from Nashville, right? I have the band kid, then I have Stalin. Yeah, you have the band kid and the jock. Yeah. <laughs> the band kid and the authoritarian European leader. Yeah, yeah one of us became something. <laughs> <laughs> and starved half of Russia to death. Oh, the yep. pain. But the other half, doing great. <laughs> Just living my dream. Anyway, Lane drives home, and we get a voiceover of Beth breaking up with him. Yeah. And essentially, it's Beth breaking up with him just because he's a loser. Like, that's the only reason. And she's just like, you're kind of a loser. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to go out with him because he's more popular and better looking than you. Yes. And he skis the K-12. So <laughs> as he's angry in his car, our two friends that raced him earlier drive up next to him. And he's like, no, this ends today. I am. Yeah. Let's fucking race. Yeah. And he guns it. Not realizing there's another car in front of him. And so he rear ends and it's the same pig burger dude. It is Porky again. Yes. And this time, because he comes to the window to beat him up again, and he just says, I'm going to wring your goddamn neck. And I just, <laughs> the way he says it every time just really gets me. And he's in that big station wagon and he just crawls into the back seat. Like, yeah, with, yeah, with one of the ski poles and is like using the ski pole as a weapon. So, 
He comes home and his mom is vacuuming. And this is where she does the hello, Lane. How was your day? Beth broke up with me. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) So he goes to the garage, gets an extension cord, and he is trying to hang himself, but decides against it. And he's like, wait a minute. Like, this is death. I've never been to New York. Like, this is I shouldn't be doing this. And as he's going to, like, take the noose off, his mom opens the door next to him, knocking him off the steps. So he does start to hang. Yeah. Uh, and and as he's, like, fighting to get out of it, she keeps pushing that door so against <laughs> him. It's very, very funny. We cut to the grocery store. He's there with Charles DeMar, who is buying a ton of whipped cream to basically get high on nitrous. <laughs> well, he's complaining about how he like it's such a small town he can't even get real drugs. This is someone we see like cutting up and snorting snow off of his Abraham Lincoln top hat later in the movie. <laughs> well, but that's also why in this scene he's loading, he's got like four things of whipped cream. Yeah. But like that's why he's doing it is is nitrous oxide. Yeah. But he basically is like suicide's not the answer. Like You know, he's an amazing skier. And Lane just goes like, what if I skied the K-12? Well, that's suicide. Like, it would kill you to do it, basically. (laughs) So Lane comes home, and his mom has made them a special treat from the ladies' home journal, but the pages ran together in the rain. Oh, my God. (laughs) But she put raisins in it, and you like raisins. This is the grossest, quote-unquote, food I've ever seen on film. (laughs) When it crawls off his plate and crawls away. Oh, (laughs) my God. When she's scooping it, I'd like to know, what did they really make it out of? It looks Jello adjacent. I I mean, it looks... (laughs) Like gack, like clear gack. <laughs> it does look kind of like gack. It's got the, the consistency of silicone caulk. Like if you have a bunch of silicone caulk that you've squeezed out of the tube, yeah. that's the consistency that it is. So I don't know exactly what you would do food-wise to do that. It could be toothpaste, like something like that, because it's kind of that consistency also. Was it yeah. Saturday Night Live that had um, the Caro syrup commercial they did like it was they were drinking it like that, Ugh. like clear, disgusting. Caro syrup is a little thinner, but they may have combined that with some starch, like cornstarch or whatever, Ugh. to get that consistency with raisins in it. And very clearly raisins. <laughs> like yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's the only thing you can make out in it yeah. is the raisins. Like <laughs> everything else looks alien in origin. Yes. Uh, But this is where his dad is like, I want to talk to you about the car. You borrowed $200 from me, which, by the way, imagine buying a Camaro for $200. Even if it didn't run, that seems unlikely. When that sucker pulls out of the garage, shined up, my first thought is $200 for that car. (laughs) What? You killed it. <laughs> My thought when they pulled it out of the garage was, oh, did they paint a whole new car? Like it, <laughs> yeah. it right, yeah. What happened to the cobwebs? <laughs> yep. But I mean, if you adjust for inflation, that two hundred dollars would be five hundred and fifty dollars today. <laughs> that car he drives away in, they bought for five hundred and fifty dollars. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. And <laughs> you nerd. We revealed that he bought it. Because Beth said it was tasty. Which it is. Beth is not wrong all the time. Mad props for Beth on this one. Yeah, a broken Beth is right at least twice a day. I don't know. (laughs) It's not even food, so I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's tasty in the way that our modern day prophet Fergie would say, where it's T to the E to the S T E. Wait, hold on. (laughs) Testy? Yeah, the car's got balls, Mikey. 
so he's talking to me about the car. He wants it off the lawn. And the car is just one more thing that reminds him of Beth. It's like one more thing that reminds him of failure. Yeah. And as he's kind of sitting there staring at the goop with the raisins in it, that's crawling away. They're talking about Monique, the exchange student across the street. So this is more for the audience to get more info about Monique. Lane's not really listening. He just wants to be excused. So he goes upstairs and on the way up, he opens Badger's door and we see the Badger is assembling a laser blaster, like a, like a photon rifle kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of answering anything Lane says, he just turns around and fires the laser at him, missing him by like a foot. And Lane jumps out of the way and leaves and Badger just goes back to tinkering. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he blows up like a boom box or something like that. Like it's the box for the laser blaster. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we cut to Lane is laying down, looking at a picture of Beth and he's like, I remember the first time we met and we see him playing football in a park running and he kind of like stops and smiles and then looks down and reveals that he's run through someone else's picnic and has their plates on his shoes. Both of his shoes are like, they, they, <laughs> they have to have like taped those paper plates to his shoes or something. The best. Yeah, the it's best. so funny. And then he just walks over to the table where Beth and her friend are. And I, you have to right. imagine like this, the plates are still on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. But he and Beth sit down and she kind of rubs her nose and we get internal monologue for each of them where each of them is thinking that the other one is telling them they have something in their nose or their ear. Yeah. And so they end up like cleaning their ears and rubbing their nose at the table because they're self-conscious of one another. I remember thinking this is just totally real in high school. I totally remember this. It was always, you know, is their hair sticking out of my ear? Do I, you know, somebody said uh, to me one time, uh, Bats in the cave. I'm like, huh? Bats in the cave. And I'm turning and there's this girl and it's like, uh, you know how your mind goes, oh, bats in the cave means there's a booger. Yeah. And she, hey, aha. And then you're like, have the itchiest schnoz ever. <laughs> you almost want to rip your nose off to make sure there's nothing hanging on it, you know, but uh, always self-conscious, right? High school. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Love this. And then they're there. Eventually she's digging in her ear. She's checking her hair like she's got ticks or something. It was yeah. so nuts. Very funny. Lane wakes up and he has a note in the middle of his face <laughs> and it just said, we had to leave. Please feed the cat, mom. So he gets up to feed the cat. He grabs the cat food box, which of course has a hole in it. I'm also curious, what coupons are you getting on the cat box? I, I think it's could go every along with box the cereal the box. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what's he sending away for for the cat coupon? What do you get for that? I think maybe the shuttle at the end is just powered by cat food. You just get catnip. <laughs> they just send you catnip. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna smoke these ladies out New Year's Eve. What's good? Let's go. He does make a bowl of it, man. Yeah. He gets so close to eating it too, man. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. With milk that now, granted, we open the scene. We don't know if he took the milk out first, and we just didn't see it. But it oh, the looks milk like the milk is just at been the table. sitting on the table. Oh yeah, gross. <laughs> I knew my marriage wasn't gonna work super early on, and this was not why. But I didn't know until after we were married that the person I married was the kind of person that will just leave the milk on the table while they eat cereal. And I was so like morally repulsed by that. <laughs> I can see why this didn't work out for you. I just didn't understand why you wouldn't put it back in the fridge. <laughs> Only children eat cereal, Todd. No, what? No, get out. I had cereal earlier today for lunch. Give it up for the um, Captain Crunch. Come on. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I just thought about that because it's not something I'd ever given a ton of thought to. But because I don't like drinking the milk out of cereal, I will reuse the same milk to have multiple bowls of cereal in a row. Sure. Like if I'm going to pour like two. So I'll sit there and eat cereal with the box on the table, but I always put the milk back. And I never thought about that until now. Yeah, because you like cold milk. Yes. Yeah. And the goal is to over milk the first helping. So well, that yeah. you have to add cereal right. to soak up the milk. Absolutely. Exactly. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there are rules. Yeah. What's everyone's favorite cereal? Dad, Captain Crunch. Todd. Uh, I had Crispix earlier today. Very good. Boo. Skinny titty baby bitch. I don't Mikey. like sugary cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay. All right. Cinnamon, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Crunch is really good. It's pretty solid. Uh, I only eat oatmeal or oats I or whatever. Oatmeal. Ugh. I don't like oatmeal. I do too. It's it's the texture. Oh, really yeah. I divorced you too. This breakfast stuff. Yeah. Uh, Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops forever. Fruit Loops are Fruit good, Loops. man. Fruit Loops does roll. What did you say, Todd? He's a Crispix. What the fuck is a Crispix? That's a step away from, are you getting enough brand? I'll go show it. Hang on. All right. While Todd's away, I will tell you, he said he has started taking fiber and he's shitting more than he's eating. And if he's eating Crispix for breakfast and taking fiber supplements, he is indeed getting too much fiber. Normally, I would say that's not a thing for most Americans. But in this case, it might be. Oh, my name's Todd. eat so much fiber. These are Crispix. That's the lamest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's just a hexagon of sadness. They have uh, crunchy corn on one side and crispy rice on the other side. Crispy rice what? is rice. I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, the corn and rice, why? Why are you eating that? It's so good. Two bland flavors blend together. Mm. I want to eat something that's crunchy and tastes like nothing. Yeah, uh, I want to eat something that's definitely going to stop me from masturbating, and that is what that is. It is a Kellogg product. Yeah, it is. You know tortilla tips? Let's make it into a breakfast cereal. I honestly love tortilla chips. But would you eat them with milk? <sighs> no. Diet Coke? Yes. Oh. I mean, you don't pour Diet Coke into a bowl of dough. That's like what you said just now. No, but like you, you got that salty taste from the chips, and then you drinking Diet Coke on the side. Mm, so good. While you were while you were gone, I told them that you're eating too much fiber and Crispix are not helping. <laughs> uh, Mikey, the things I tell you in confidence should stay there. Well, if you want to edit it out, it's up to you. It's funny. I don't believe it in. But everyone at home, he is eating too much fiber. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're gonna eat too, if you're gonna have a fiber supplement, you don't need to supplement your breakfast with fiber. You guys already covered the blowhole episode on Orca. <laughs> this is not fiber, bro. It's corn and rice. It's really good, honestly. I think you'd like it. Look, Van Geek, I eat bacon and eggs for breakfast like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Crispy bacon, by the way, for God's yeah. sakes, not boiled bacon like I'm from England or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do, I do love love cereal, love Fruit Loops. But Jake makes breakfast for both of us most mornings, and it is almost always eggs, toast, and either bacon or sausage. So, like, yeah, that's mm -hmm. what me, a grown up, not titty baby bitch, eats for breakfast. <laughs> You know what? The first time I bought cereal in over two years was literally today. <laughs> and it was that box. You know, when we did the Leprechaun episode, I went out that night and bought a family-sized box of Lucky Charms. I don't blame you. Lucky Charms. Yeah. Uh, how did that miss our, our Pantheon list? 
Uh, does it say on the box, Todd, may cause excessive blowage? Does it say? No. Th- <laughs> blowage? It, does, it does have fiber in it. It does have fiber. In it. Everything has fiber in That's it. That's a box of colon blow is what that yeah. is. No, I, no, I'm looking at the ingredients right now. There is no fiber on it. It's on the thing with the vitamins. I know. I'm looking at it. It says... It says dietary fiber <laughs> zero. But then that's worse, Todd, because that means you're eating something that tastes shitty and it doesn't even have a benefit. <laughs> yeah. great. I love Christmas. Are you at least adding sugar to the bowl no. to yeah. make it like a real cereal? Are you no. putting fruit in no. it? No, I don't like fruit. <sighs> Just eat wheat. Like eat. What is that? The Quaker Oaks wheat guy. He has a cereal. <laughs> <laughs> You mean oatmeal? <laughs> no, no, the giant wheats, you know? Shredded wheat? Oh, oh, oh shredded yeah, wheat. Shredded, yeah. wheat. shredded wheat's gross. Frosted mini wheats. Frosted though, mini dude. wheats are good, though. Yeah, you ever you had those big frosted ones that you could almost get into it and ride it in the water like a boat? I in <laughs> college ones? used to buy I used to buy the big ones in college and eat them dry like a snack. Like take them oh, as a yeah. cracker at a class. Yeah, that's, that's what nature bars were before they became a thing. Yeah. I am gonna grab some Diet Coke. I'll be right back. Yeah. Because you know, I talked about dipping it. Tortilla yeah. chips in <laughs> Well, we've really unpacked why you divorced. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that that was not the only reason. But she would eat first and then I would have warm milk for my cereal. It was the worst. Warm milk. Milk is so gross. All right, back to this movie. So he almost eats cat food when the doorbell rings and it's Paperboy, Paperboy. All about that Paperboy. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And Paperboy wants his $2 plus tip. And he is not going to give him the $2. Yeah. And the reason he gives him is that his little brother got his arm caught in the microwave and then his grandma dropped acid and hijacked a bus full of penguins. So it's a real bad time right now and just slams the door in his face. And in that moment, the paper boy realizes what he has to do is kill John Cusack. Yeah. I now know who yeah. I must kill. Yeah. Yeah. The garage windows were just the gateway drug. Now it's real murder no. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, just, he like activates the paper boy by slamming that, that door. So this is where we get a shot of him driving and the radio in the car is playing all breakup songs. So it's breaking up is hard to do. Then she's gone. 50 ways to leave your lover hurt so bad. And then back around to Neil Sadaka's breaking up is hard to do as he throws the stereo out of the car. <laughs> I love that. He like lofts it out the window and you see it land and slide. I was like, that's very funny. And <laughs> as it's landing and sliding, these are the kind of things that happen in a movie and you don't care because they're funny. Yeah. But like the music is still playing yeah. out of the device. And it's like a record player slowing down yes yes but i remember seeing this for the first time and i just thought this is such a great joke because if you're like how did he get the radio never mind it's just for the laugh (laughs) so we cut to school and it's his math class and it's this like theoretical (laughs) physics level lecture oh when everyone's super into it they're like it's like (laughs) math is cocaine and they're like addicted like they love their math class yeah i was definitely this like John Cusack's character it was all of my homework in high school <laughs> yeah, well, where he opens the note with gum like, and it just says, it just says to do, do list homework. do homework I'm like oh I did it again <laughs> I do love that the note said do homework by the yeah. way I'm getting another handful of Crispix because uh, they're so good <laughs> when the bell rang and the kids got sad that they had to leave math class yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Charles DeMar's got the fetal pig. <laughs> and the teacher says, as everyone's like, oh, the class is over. He's like, don't worry, kids. We'll do all this tomorrow. And make sure you rem- you memorize pages 39 through 110 for tomorrow's <laughs> lesson. Not read them. Memorize. memorize. What's even funnier, and I listened for it this like when I watched it today, was... As they're leaving the class, you hear someone say, that's like twice the triangle. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. amazing. I didn't hear that. That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, Charles Dumar's got the fetal pig that he carries around for most of the rest of the movie. Yeah. I do love that in the class, he's like trying to wake it up. He keeps tapping yeah, on the he's glass. he's like shaking it. Yeah. Uh, but the math teacher is like, who wants to come up and, and show their work? And everyone's like, oh, oh, me. Oh, my God. Pick me. And except for Lane, who's hiding behind that piece of paper. Yeah. But he call, calls Lane up anyway. And as Lane's writing on the chalkboard, we get a flashback to him and Beth losing their virginity. The condom breaks. And he's like, I'll buy you a new one. And she's like, I knew one. I don't want <laughs> We cut back to the, to the, the chalkboard and he's drawn like a pregnant cat with an arrow that says baby. Yeah. But if you look at her drawing that is supposedly correct, it is somewhat similar. It's, it's like a small close. circle on, tolo- on top of a big circle. <laughs> the only difference is John Cusack's has a tail and cat ears. Yes. And, and of course, the baby pointing at the big circle, the belly. Yeah. Uh, it's the little things that make me happy. But he like screeches the chalk, the first screech. Yeah. And it just cuts to the classroom. Everyone has a stand-up wig. Yeah, the their whole hair class. is like straight like, up. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Good. So as the class is leaving, off to go memorize twice the triangles, uh, <laughs> Charles DeMar stops him and he's like, hey man, I'm going to help you. I've been going to this high school for seven and a half years. I am no dummy. So he's, he's talking to him about it. As they're having this conversation, Monique, the French exchange student, is checking in with the teacher. I'm assuming to get her schedule or whatever. Sure. But Charles Dumas is like, how about playing your sax again? And he's like, do I have another option? He's like, the K-12, make a gnarly run like that and girls will get sterile just looking at you. <laughs> Which, is that a good thing? Get sterile? I don't think that's a good thing, right? I mean, it depends if you want kids. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm a good skier and therefore you can't have a family. <laughs> it's like Dr. Manhattan or something like that. Just like, don't get too close. Mikey, you should quit skiing is all I'm saying. I'm not, I can't do it one-legged, so. <laughs> we'll have a three-legged. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it these days? <laughs> Don't make me take these boots off. <laughs> I want to eat Crispix off your naked body. <laughs> <laughs> so many crumbs. Mikey, I'm not saying anything, but I do want to point out that this is the family planning size box <laughs> of Crispix. You're going to eat Crispix off my naked body? Let me take my cat eye glasses and set down my steno pad. <laughs> and then we can eat Werther's Originals for dessert, Todd, because you're an old man. Honestly, Werther's Originals pretty much slap. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, a walker is kind of just like a sex queen on the ground. So You know, it's almost 347. We should get dinner started. (laughs) Anyway, the teacher is like, can you stay behind? I'd like a word with you. I've been thinking of taking out Beth, which, by the way, teacher, student, all bad. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know when those laws came into play. 
It should have always been that way, Mikey. I think it always He's was. He's into Crispix. She's into Fruit Loops. It's not going to work out. <laughs> was this originally filmed in Mississippi? What's up? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. If this was originally filmed in Mississippi, they would have been cousins. <laughs> I always assume that this part with the teacher and Beth was like the magical realism stuff. Like, yes. uh, no, I've seen other '80s movies with this exact plot, and it was not a comedy. Oh, you mean the Nightmare on movies? <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Ooh. But that was a dream sequence. I guess it was, but Nightmare on Elm Street 2, right? The best yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Yeah, the one yeah. where a bird explodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he goes to a sex club <laughs> with his teacher. Right, but that's a dream sequence. Sure. But they win his friends. <laughs> quote, unquote. <laughs> They went as friends. He was like, is that Crispix in your pants or are you happy to see me? <laughs> no, there's a lot of 80s movies with inappropriate relations. I mean, there's a lot of modern films. Yeah. There literally is a, a TV series on Hulu that came out in 2021, I think, called Teacher about a teacher who has sex with one of her students. Yeah, but that's not, not played in a good way. That's played as like a, that's bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. It destroys <laughs> both of their lives. Like, it is <laughs> yeah. a dark show. It's great, but it's dark. I'm talking about like, we've done romantic comedies where like, that's her math teacher, though. So when I was a freshman in high school, one of our teachers got fired for dating and then two years later, marrying one of his students. Ugh. Tale as old as time. No, <laughs> I would love to tell you that he was like newly graduated, but I think he was like 35 at the time. Oh, yeah. And she was 18, which is the only reason he didn't go to jail. But yeah. Grooming much? Yeah. Oh, Better Off Dead, a funny movie, went suddenly dark. <laughs> well, in between that and Badger's room of, of sex workers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He didn't pay them. He just picked them up. He read a book, How to Pick Them Up. <laughs> a better name for that book, not How to Pick Up Trashy Women, would have been One Man's Trash is Another Man's Treasure. Another Man's Treasure. <laughs> By Tucker Max. <laughs> oh. Oh. Anyway, we cut to the lunchroom where Ricky is drinking jello, basically. He's eating jello with a straw. Yeah. And Monique is kind of grossed out and looks to the other side of her where Charles is snorting the jello and then rubbing it on his gums. <laughs> like it's cocaine. Yeah. yeah. Like cocaine. I love it was it. awesome. <laughs> so funny. Then we cut to on the other side of him is Lane, who's sitting and drawing at lunch and draws. Basically, Stalin and Beth and a monster, and the monster eats Stalin. And we look over at Stalin, who's playing a song on the guitar badly. And the only part we hear of the song is, Since I met you in first grade. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing a, like a white jumpsuit, like almost dressed like Elvis. Yeah. Yes. I think it's like a ski suit. That's what I assumed, oh. too. But Elvis did love his ski suits. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little known Elvis fact. If I, if I know one thing about Elvis, he definitely played in the snow. Uh, he was known for cutting his coke lines in the shape of a lightning bolt so he could take care of business in a flash. And <laughs> there that's is. not true. It's just a joke for anyone who's been to Graceland. Okay. Or has seen the revolvers he bought his bodyguards. Yes. That had the taking care of business logos on them. And the one that he gave to Ronald Reagan. Yeah. My mom says that movie is pretty good. Oh, really? Uh, the right. new one? Really? Lisa and I were like, who's going to see this movie? Well, Todd and his Crispix, he would see it. But, um, uh, <laughs> Dad, rude. Rude, Dad. Bath Lerman, I'll be there opening night. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, Elvis was the M&M of his day. True. According to my mom, his wife tried to get him help, but all the 
doctors fed him drugs or something for tour. I listened to a whole synopsis from my mother. Um, That is actually probably very true. That's also likely what happened to Marilyn Monroe and possibly why she died. You know what Elvis really needed, though, Mikey? More fiber in his diet. <laughs> <laughs> he could have used some fucking Crispix is what he needed. Oh, uh, Was there some Crispix product placement in that Baz Luhrmann epic? <laughs> I feel like Todd just brought this up to make us think that we needed more fiber so we don't die on a toilet. Yeah. But let's be real. If I die on a toilet, that's the funniest shit I'll ever do. <laughs> Literally. 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 Yeah. Oh, there it is. The dump of death. Anyway. <laughs> the poopy pass on. Yes. To the great b-hole aunt. Uh, nice. <laughs> anyway, so he's talking to the cartoon version of Beth, and he's like, I don't know why you picked that guy. He's such an asshole. And she's like, well, you're a loser. And he's like, no, I could date anybody. How about her? And he points to Chris Kremens, who dates the whole basketball team. Who <laughs> looks like she's like 38. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's a full-blown adult in high school. And yeah. she gets up to go get him milk. Well, dating a whole basketball team makes you grow up fast. Uh, and he follows her but i do love that anytime the basketball team speaks they speak as a unit and they're just like well they groan (laughs) as a unit i don't think they actually have any real lines yeah so he follow he grabs somebody else's skates pays someone for skates goes in to get milk behind her and he's like i skate you skate we should skate together and she's like you're a creep no thank you (laughs) and as he tries to skate he slips and grabs her clothes and like pants her whole outfit so she's in her underwear yeah in the middle of the lunchroom it was awful (laughs) (laughs) i super hated it too Uh, yeah you're both terrible Um, that's where you're like hey this pause button works perfect no <laughs> pause is way better now that it's not vhs pause where it like yeah, warps it a little bit the lines yeah i like that because it looks like they're moving <laughs> <laughs> hey pause it on the sp mode it looks like she's dancing <laughs> so the basketball team immediately beats him up yeah he goes outside and as he's like trying to fix his bloody nose he sees beth driving away with the teacher <laughs> <laughs> which is super creepy because she we also know the Beths with Stalin but like whatever so we cut to Lane is standing on an overpass and thinking about jumping and Charles Dumar comes up and Lane what are you doing I don't know yes you do yes you Lane. do know Lane <laughs> but he basically he talks Lane down and yeah. Lane is about to kind of climb back over and not jump but he pats him on the back causing Lane to fall into the bed of like a garbage truck. And as he drives under two men cutting down like a tree, like tree workers basically cutting down tree branches, they see him in the bed of the truck and they're like, it's a shame when people are throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. As if someone just put him out by the trash like a couch, which was very funny to me. So we cut to the top of the mountain. He and Charles Dumar are working on trying to ski the K-12. And this is where Charles reveals that A, it is Christmas Eve. He should be he should be drinking the eggnog his brother makes with lighter fluid. <laughs> yeah. But he's also snorting snow because it's pure snow. I think I froze the half of my brain. Do you have any idea what the weight of this mountain would be? <laughs> the like... street value of this mountain? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. But Lane tells him also about his neighbor, about Ricky with the nasal spray and he's like do you know where i could score some of that nasal spray but he decides to give lane advice for how to ski the k-12 go that way real fast and if something gets in your way 
turn. turn. Yes. So Lane does that and immediately falls in a very painful way. And he just goes, all right, now turn. Gets <laughs> <laughs> me every time. We cut to Christmas morning. His dad is putting up new garage windows for himself. His Christmas present to him, I guess. I think it's for the mom, actually. Like, he presents yeah. it to his wife. Oh, that's true. That's true. He does. Which so, I have to say, terrible gift. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, she's but, not much better. Oh, <laughs> well, no joke. Hungry man dinners. It, it, it means that they don't have to eat her cooking. Yeah, so maybe say, she is better. Her gift is super thoughtful. <laughs> yeah. I get her garage windows and then a vacuum cleaner. She's just got bows <laughs> on stuff. Yeah. I once watched my old stepdad. He's no longer my stepdad, probably because of shit like this. Buy my mom a vacuum for Christmas. And man, that fight was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still a shitbag. This gift sucks. Literally. <laughs> I would take a nice vacuum for Christmas. Uh, honestly, if somebody <laughs> bought me a Dyson, I'd be like, hell yeah. So we cut to Lane up in his room and he's called Beth for Christmas, where he reveals just from hearing her, his part of the conversation that she got a teddy bear even bigger than her from Roy. And I love he's like, he opened the gift he got her and it's like a small ass teddy bear. Tiny, like, tiny it's teddy so bear. so funny. Yeah. We cut to them opening all their gifts together and they are all TV dinners. And my favorite is this one has the corn in it. You like corn <laughs> and this one has the brownie. It's really also imagine that you had to wrap those TV dinners and they sat under the tree, which means that all those packages are soggy and wet. Yeah, they're stacked next to the milk that's still out. You know, <laughs> And next to the fireplace. They have a bunch of frozen dinners next to the fireplace. I'm out. <laughs> anyway, uh, she gives the his mother gives his father a jacket made of real aardvark fur. Everyone will be wearing one of these. And then the hood is just an aardvark face. <laughs> I wish I had one. Honestly, I would wear one. And I love when they go out into the driveway and like what happens happens and you look over and their neighbors wearing the aardvark. The aardvark. I was like, she was right. She actually she was, was right. right. Well, what you don't know is the mom is also sleeping with the neighbor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Head cannon. <laughs> Love it. She gave also him an aardvark coat. <laughs> you like raisins too. <laughs> we cut across the street where Monique is having Christmas with Ricky and his mom. Uh, and she says, <laughs> Christmas. Do you have Christmas in France? Which, yes, of course they do. Yeah. Do they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nike. Yes. <laughs> Noel is a yeah. French word. They celebrated it way before America was a thing, Mikey. Yes. Whatever. So the present she gets, <laughs> she gets for Christmas an eight and a half by 11 black and white photo of Ricky. And it's one of those cases in a movie where they show you a picture that's just so perfectly bad. It makes you laugh. Just the look on yeah. his face. It's and the frame. Door. The bamboo frame. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's macrame. It's a macrame <laughs> frame. You mean like. Close to death. What? Macabre or macro? No. Oh, macrame. wow. <laughs> it's spelled the same. Mikey, no, it's not. It's not. It's, no, it's not. <laughs> Mikey's only ever misread that word. <laughs> My dad used to drive a Buick Macabre. <laughs> it reminded me of in White Christmas when 
they are talking about Freckleface Haynes, the dog face boy. And Danny <laughs> Kay says he always was a good looking kid. And then we get a reverse shot of the photo and it's as bad as this. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, so we cut to Monique runs out the front door and is just dying laughing because the picture is terrible. All of this is so weird. Yeah. As that's happening, Lane is in the car, in the garage, trying to kill himself, and he's talking to the bear, and he's just like, little bear, why are you so small? I bet we get her back. And he passes out, (laughs) putting the car into reverse, crashing through the brand new garage door and garage door windows. Wrecking a perfectly good Christmas present. Yes. (laughs) In front of the neighbor, who then is wearing the same aardvark jacket because he's sleeping with that mom. Uh, And they just say, Merry Christmas. And he just kind of nods and goes back inside. Yeah. And for that jacket, it's all about the snout. That's what makes the aardvark look. It is. is Yeah. Yeah. It's a snout. And then it's got little poinsettia behind the ear. Yeah. So you know it's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. (laughs) We cut to, we have to assume a few days later, uh, the worst mailman on earth who is walking down the street, just (laughs) dropping mail everywhere. I love when he drops the mail. He like looks down and sees that he drops it, but just keeps walking. He's like, yeah. Fuck it. Just keeps going. <laughs> and then he like puts that book back in the envelope and like doesn't even close it before he hands it over. It's so funny. He's also listening to, and, and I guess this would have come out much later, but if you remember in Wayne's World where Garth does that dance to the yeah, Foxy, Foxy song. Yeah, Foxy Lady. It's Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, he's listening to that same song. Yeah. And it just made me think of Garth at the same time. <laughs> Uh, but so he goes up to the window, he rings the bell, Badger answers, and he's like, Badger, what? what's a little kid like you doing with big boy smut like this? And he just like snatches the book and runs back inside, closes the door. Yeah. So he rings the bell again. Lane opens the door and he's like, hey, Lane, I've heard some things. I was wondering if I could take out Beth. And Lane just closes the door in his face. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you don't even know me. <laughs> I do love when he closes the door. The mailman's still talking as Lane's walking through the house. You yes. can yes. hear him faintly in the background. <laughs> yeah. And you can hear, if you listen, he's making suggestions of dates they could go on. Yeah. Where he's like, we could maybe go to the movies, uh, hang out, converse. <laughs> really, uh, so Lane walks past his dad sitting in the dining room, and his dad is reading a book on understanding the youth, which is pretty funny. Oh. Uh, but his dad's like, look, dude, you've been sad long enough. I want you to date other girls. You're going to take my law partner's daughter out to the dance tonight, the New Year's Eve dance. And he's like, no, the one with the antenna on her face. And he's like, yeah, you are doing it. So shut the fuck up and go pick her up at six. I love this sort of turn because you would think in a lot of movies, especially around this time, they would like play this up as like, he has to go do it. He doesn't want to do it. And she's like annoying and ugly or whatever, but she's like sort of cool and like shakes him down. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. Good for you. She was cute, man. I I mean, like, you know, I thought it was great. Yeah. A couple years later in college without the headgear. Yeah. Yeah. Workable. Absolutely. Workable. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So he shows up to her house. My favorite is that he rings the doorbell and there's like 12 dogs. It's just like so many dogs barking and she like wrestles her way out the front door and is like, all right. And you're like, what happened inside just now? Like, And all it is is a sound effect, but it's placed perfectly. Uh, But she basically is like, look, I don't want to go out with you. And he's like, I know that you do. And she's like, I don't. I'm doing this as a favor to my dad. So how about this? We would have gone to dinner. We would have gotten dessert. 
that adds up to like 1367. Why don't you just give me that money? She comes out with a calculator to yeah. yeah. She was prepared for this conversation. She gives him a receipt. Which is my favorite. Well, yeah, because her calculator has the paper trail thing on it. It's like a CPA's calculator. <laughs> yeah, it's an adding machine, basically, yeah. yeah. He'll need that later for his taxes. Right. Do you take checks? Oh, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. So funny. Meanwhile, Badger's reading the book that he got delivered in the mail earlier, earlier that day. We cut to the dance where... The future voice of Tommy Pickles on, on Rugrats and also a bunch of other things is singing as the musical act at the dance. Is this the same night? That's the same night. It's got to be, right? Okay. Yeah, it's just later that same night. It's the New Year's Eve dance. Got so it. we cut to him sitting next to Charles at the dance and Beth and Stalin come through <laughs> and Stalin leans in and says, nice date. You better shave her a little closer before you kiss her, <laughs> before you kiss her goodnight. And then Charles Dumar laughs hysterically like harder than anyone expects yeah which is basically <laughs> more, like this has shaped my roast battle philosophy and it's that if you laugh at jokes about yourself it does rip them of some of their bite a little bit it makes it feel like everyone's having fun and it doesn't seem as hurtful so it doesn't land as hard but he specifically laughs at them in this scene until Stalin just kind of walks away like, what the fuck? But then for the rest of the night, he keeps finding them yeah. and laughing about the joke again. And it is priceless. I love his commitment to that bit. It is so funny to me. So good. Uh, but yeah, the next time anyone tries to bully you by making a joke like that, just laugh crazy hard. It immediately takes people off guard. It is the perfect thing to do. It is a great defense mechanism. <laughs> you make me want to have a cow. <laughs> I mean, don't say that. They'll be like, I think I need to call HR. <laughs> Um, so Ricky <laughs> arrives through like a fog machine to the doors of the dance. The doors fly open almost like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he's alone and then has to go back out into the fog and drag Monique in. So it's like, he has this entrance and there's like, hold on a second. <laughs> Gotta go. So he drags her to the dance floor and he's like dragging her around the dance floor. Not so much dancing as much as just like forcibly moving her <laughs> yeah, like throughout the potatoes. dance. Yes. Uh, so Charles at this point finds Beth and Roy dancing and just orbs up in between them to laugh about that joke again. Totally amazing and worth it. But we cut to Ricky who now has like a dance circle around him. And he does this whole like build up dance where he's like dance 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 back up everybody back up dance dance and then he <laughs> runs and jumps and like belly flops onto the floor you mean dies unconscious he just dies yes he just dies <laughs> and then everyone just like pauses for a second but then just dances over his body yeah like just dances back in around him which is very funny i thought for a second he was gonna do the worm and then he just like yes. died on the floor yeah this is before <laughs> the worm I don't think that's true. <laughs> no one knows for sure. Google does. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. The worm was performed in shows in the 1970s. 1970s. Yes. And was popularized widely during the 80s funk period. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. And continues to be associated with breakdancing. Yes. So Lane leaves the dance and Monique follows and kind of knocks him over. And as she helps him up, they handshake for a long time. And Ricky comes running out of the dance room with a balloon and sees where Monique is. So he runs over to them, but loses the balloon, 
runs for a second thinking he's going to catch the balloon, gives up on it, and then goes back oh, to Lane so and funny. Monique. Yeah. It's so funny because it's just in the background. Like, if you aren't looking for it, you don't see it. But his little jump is everything. <laughs> he jumps like an so eight-year-old trying to capture that balloon. And that's what I mean. Like, his, like he has his first line of the entire movie in this scene, but he has not spoken yes. yet at all. So, you, I mean, he could be an eight-year-old. Like, you have no idea. But, like, his little jump is so cute I loved it so much yes and and he comes out and his first lines are like Monique where were you you shouldn't worry me so and you're yeah. like what did oh, he just say super super <laughs> creeper level instant creeper uh, and then he's like we don't want to keep mother waiting she's going to pick us up on the other side of the school and basically Lane is like you go find mom I'm going to continue my conversation with Monique and then you know, holler when mom's here. And so he and Monique get to talk for like a second. And by talk, I mean, he talks at her. She still does not speak English. When Ricky's mom pulls up and is just like, Monique, why weren't you at the front of the school where I told you? (laughs) So she gets in the car. They drive away. As Lane goes to walk back to his car, who should show up? But the paper boys, paper boys, always get that paper boy. They are chasing him en masse through the shadows. He runs to his car, and then we get a really crazy contra zoom. And as he goes, keys, because he can't <laughs> find his keys in his pocket. Little Hitchcock uh, zoom on there. And is, in, that, yeah. is that hill in the fog? I just had this flashback because it was the same kind of time period that reminded me the scene of Karate Kid when they're all, yeah. you know, after he does the shower thing, right. And he runs out on the hill and then all those, the skull dudes are chasing him. But it was like, is this the same hill? Like, did they film yeah. this in the same spot? It is filmed in very close to the same spot. And Karate Kid came out the year before this. Okay. Um, but also the Warriors came out in 1979. Came out to play. Yeah. Come out to play. That movie is bonkers. Yes. It is. It's very similar to some of the shots in Warriors. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Lane does make it back to the house. He runs inside and he's like, they're after me. They're after me. And as he does, his dad is still reading that book on the youth and he just highlights the word paranoia. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So, he runs up to Badger's room where Badger has just like six or seven women in his room. Yeah, he's entertaining some ladies for the evening, yes. Right, with some champagne. And he just kind of slowly backs out of the room and closes yeah. the door and leaves. <laughs> and I, and I want to say, I'd have to do this on a rewatch, but like he's holding champagne. And I think there's like a lava lamp in the back. Like, like, there is. Like, oh, for sure. Like, like he had set, he set it up for the night, you know. He's, he's in that leopard robe very much like a Hugh Hefner and he's sitting on one of their laps but she has him on her lap like a kid like you would have a child sit on your lap well he is a kid what's your wish for Christmas badger (laughs) (laughs) that's very funny anyway well I mean it's disturbing it is yeah (laughs) we cut to the next morning where Badger is flipping through a set of instructions for building your own space shuttle out of household objects. So this is clearly going to be his next thing that he's building. As he's doing that in the background, the mom is cooking and there's three tentacles and a claw like coming in and out of the cooking pot. Yeah, it's insane. I don't know. I love seafood. I don't love to see my food do that. (laughs) (laughs) All seafood was once alive, Todd, till they cooked it. Yeah, I don't eat seafood. I mean, I, I do eat food that was once alive. I'm not like trying to high road you on that. But like this looks <laughs> gross to me. You don't eat seafood at all? No. 
I don't eat seafood. No, I'm not a seafood person either. Did you see how big that lobster that lobster leg was though? It's like as big as your head. Like it would be yeah, good. Yeah. It, it was more like Ala- Alaska king crab level kind yeah. of. Yeah, like- it looked like the the <laughs> spider crabs that they have in Japan. Have you seen those? Where it's like. Got super long yeah. legs and like a long pincher like that. Yeah. Ah, spider crab. That's good eating. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah. yeah, melt butter, <laughs> put it all over that shit. It'd be good. Calamori. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want more of it. Oh, there, yeah, there it is. is. Yeah, we got, we got there it. it is. Calamari is octopus. Jeez, there was an octopus in there. There was octopus That's tentacles. That's true. There were, there were tentacles. There were tentacles. I do have a no sucker policy. <laughs> <laughs> he quiets the crowd. <laughs> I feel like that's not a great policy. <laughs> yeah. You, you... <laughs> Again, I don't eat seafood, but I definitely will sucker. You're a picky ass eating bitch. <laughs> I won't eat lobster. I'll eat crispix. Do you do that thing where you link your arms and you both eat a crispix at the same time? That's what we call true love. Too busy eating your gluten-free eggs and all your bullshit. Gluten-free <laughs> eggs? All eggs are gluten-free. What? That's like, that's like potatoes being plant-based, you moron. <laughs> they are plant-based, Paige. I know. Oh. And all eggs are gluten-free. What are we doing? Do you know what gluten is? Does anyone? <laughs> yes. Yes, I know. Pretty much everyone at this point knows. Gluten is like what I work out when I do squats. <laughs> That's what you call it when you're working out and doing squats. I'm just gluten. I'm over here gluten. Gluten it up. Yeah, if a girl tells me she's gluten free, I was like, well, you don't want this ass. (laughs) (laughs) Or these eggs. Yeah, or these eggs. But Mikey, all you want from her is her eggs. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because he's not gluten free. Yeah, exactly. Why would I want a baby with someone who's gluten free? That's obviously a genetic defect. <laughs> it's probably related oh, to the genetics God. of our wheat as opposed to the genetics of our people. I mean, like, obviously oh, it is also yeah, 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 genetics yeah, yeah. for people, but it has to do with the way that we process wheat in America. Hey, what's in Crispix again? <laughs> rice and wheat. No, it's rice and corn. Crispix are actually gluten free. Oh, I hate you. Are they plant based? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, both rice and corn are plants. So, yes. Are they? Anyway, so this is the scene where we find out that Lane's dad has gotten him the job at the pig burger. So he goes to the pig burger and it's the guy is Porky. Yeah. Pig burger. uh, And he's teaching him how to pat the pig mold. And he's like man's food, Todd. (laughs) Push the pig mold. No, pat the pig mold. And he puts his cigar out in one. Just oh. for the, oh, so gross. And dunks his dentures in a soda. Just like, oh. and then pops them back in. Oh, just like tortillas and Diet Coke. Now, is he trying to work <laughs> off for like the body work on this guy's car? Because he's run into him twice. We don't know. It doesn't establish <laughs> it. I thought it was more that his dad got him a job to get him out of the house because of Beth. That he was like, you got to stop dwelling on this. Maybe. I mean, that makes sense to me. I don't know. Anyway, he, he gets the keys. To the establishment, which is going to come into play later. Yeah. Uh, and instead of doing the job that he was hired to do, pushing the pig molds and whatnot, he creates a giant mega burger, and we go into the claymation music interlude portion of this film. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> set to Van Halen's "Everybody Wants Some." Yep. With with the claymation total uh, Eddie burger guitar. fries, yeah. all yeah. of it. It's perfect. No notes. 
No notes. <laughs> uh, but Porky comes back in only to find Lane having burned all the burgers and imagination dancing around the kitchen. And so he throws him out into the dining room wearing the pig burger hat, which I would kill to have one of those hats. They're <laughs> hilarious. So great. They're so funny. But he lands right next to Stalin's table. Who's like, buenos dias, Meyer. Which is like the worst pig impression ever. Step up, Stalin. Step up, Stalin. Joseph Stalin does a better pig impression than that guy. I bet he did. <laughs> Joseph Stalin was an unhinged megalomaniac. I bet he did a great yeah. pig impression. And I bet it didn't matter if he did or didn't, because unless you said he was the best, you were probably going to die. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It could have been terrible, like your chicken impressions at the end of every cult podcast episode. But I would have been required to be like, yes, very good, very good impression of pig. So we cut to Lane going to pick up a broken ski, and... The guy's in like a body cast. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I got that ski you asked for. What did you do? Oh, I skied the K-12. <laughs> just like clearly. Yeah. This is the one thing in the film I'm laughing because I'm, I'm just thinking the filming part of it. And so they've put him in a body cast where his arms are frozen. Right. And he has the ski laid against him. How did he Lane, get it? And Lane is behind the counter and there's a realization you, between the two of them. I think they just kept the shot because they realize he can't hand it to me. And Lane basically is like knees up on the counter to go get the ski. <laughs> and I think later they were like, uh, yeah, just keep that one. You know, it's a small bit of the film, but I know it was like, Hey, how's he going to hand him the ski? Nobody thought about that until the cameras were rolling. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh crap. He's just going to have to reach for it. So we cut to Lane comes home with the new ski and the TV is on and Barney Rubble is on the TV and asks if he could take out Beth. Hey, Fred. So Lane <laughs> throws, I think it's like, I, I forget what he throws, like one of his boots or one of his shoes or something. And it hits the TV perfectly to turn it off. Yeah. He walks into the garage and finds a mason jar full of paint thinner and tries to find matches. But before he can, his mom pulls him into the dining room because they have the neighbors over for dinner. So now it's their whole family family plus Monique and Ricky and Ricky's mom and because Monique is there Lane's mom has made dinner mom do French <laughs> fries French dressing and to drink Peru which is just Perrier which is very funny um, but this is where Ricky's mom is like yeah, she doesn't speak any English, but she and Ricky have been speaking the international language of love. They're in love. And Lane is like, the two of them? Great. Sure. Yeah, that yeah. makes all the sense in the I'm world. I'm totally going to kill myself. <laughs> so before he can, I mean, he pours some of the paint thinner into a bowl. Um, but before he can do anything else, Ricky's mom grabs it and pours herself a glass thinking it's liqueur. And drinks a substantial amount. Yeah. And then says, like, this is fabulous liqueur. Reminds me of the kind Ricky's dead pappy used to make. God bless him. And goes to light a cigarette. And the dining room explodes. Like, the front of the house explodes. <laughs> the best way to end a meal. Yep. But we cut to Lane, Ricky, and Monique in the car going to school. That's what happens if you eat too much Crispix, by the way. Yeah, fiber explodes. <laughs> you lose your dining room. Again, zero fiber in Crispix. Just a heads up on that. <laughs> so there's no gluten. There's no fiber. What the fuck is in Crispix? Not flavor. The two ingredients I've said the entire time, <laughs> corn and rice. The only time I'm going to eat a food made of only corn or rice is if we are in a famine. 
<laughs> Honestly, try it. It's real good. I'm not no. gonna. You're a prisoner <laughs> in a gluten-free household who doesn't know how to live outside of that prison. And that's okay. <laughs> we have gluten stuff here. I mean, yeah. Are dogs gluten? No? <laughs> no, <Never> they're plant-based. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cut to Lane, Ricky, and Monique in the car on the way to school the next day. And Lane just says, gee, I'm sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. She'll be okay. She just can't eat spicy foods for a while, <laughs> which is how they just explain it away. But as they're headed to school, the other car with the two guys that like to race comes up beside them and Ricky's like we should not speed that's not a thing right but Lane explains why they have the speakers and it is kind of racist if you had never explained it it would have been equally funny and less racist but the explanation he gives is that the brother that uses the loudspeaker learned to speak English by watching the wide world of sports, and that's why he speaks like Howard Cosell. Yeah, well, and they both have the yellow jackets, too. This is perfect. Yes, which is pretty <laughs> great. So they race, and he ends up like racing but ending up swerving to avoid nuns with a boombox, which is pretty fun, <laughs> and construction workers, and they end up like crashing up a ramp and falling into like a makeshift like hole that has ducks in it like a little yeah. duck pond so we cut to school they did make it to school <laughs> at some point and they're sitting at lunch and lane has gotten lunch for monique like they're gonna eat together and if you look at his tray it's all twinkies and ding-dongs yeah that's it there's nothing else on that tray hell yeah and this is where Ricky walks up to the guy sitting next to them, grabs the book that he's reading, and then just throws it like fetch. So the guy runs <laughs> to get his book, and then Ricky just sits down where that guy was and immediately steals Monique's ding-dong and eats it. Because <laughs> he's the worst. Yeah. He's terrible. As they're sitting and eating, Stalin comes up to be a dick to Lane again and to kind of hit on Monique because he's gross. And Monique shakes up a Coke and sprays it at him and then pretends to not understand because she doesn't speak English, which is great. Yeah. Yes. The best. Um, but Lane basically is like, look, I'll beat you this Sunday for tryouts again because they're having tryouts for a team captain. And he's like, you, me, the K-12 any day. Then they announce it over the loudspeaker. Like somehow the, the news traveled instantly. Like immediately. Yeah. There's no yeah. there's no lag time there. Well, I think Q, uh, Cusack says, no, Lane says like, Nobody needs to know. And it's like instantly <laughs> yes. broadcast. And the entire lunchroom cheers. So we cut to he's dropping Monique off at the end of the day after school. And she sees the Camaro on the lawn. And he kind of tells her, he's like, yeah, I can't get it working. Uh, and there's no way I'm going to be able to ski the K-12. But, you know, whatever. So he comes home later that night. And she's throwing oranges at a street sign. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, what is going on? And she finally breaks and starts like rattling it off in English. Is just like, I hate it here. They're gross. He's always lurking. It's terrible. He thinks that just because I'm here, I'm his like, you know. Live-in girlfriend, more or less. Live-in girlfriend, yeah. yes. And John Cusack is like, Oh my God, you've been able to speak English this yeah. entire time. <laughs> Shut up. You yeah. can speak English? And she's like, I speak very good English. Honk my hooter is what he says. <laughs> but she reveals that she's a huge Dodgers fan and that's why she wanted to come to America. That was like her whole thing. Yeah. Um, but instead she's stuck in this house where he constantly has his testicles. I mean, tentacles <laughs> all over her always. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to do a quick poll. When she starts speaking English, it was 1985. I'd already been married for three years. 
But yeah. I saw this gal. <laughs> Sorry, I heard I heard a, an angry hay from the kitchen I, where I, my mother I is. I think mom is yelling through the door. I was like, oh, this gal is hot. This is she is so cute. Yeah. And it was the accent you were like, Yes, this is the meat cute. This she's, is she's nice. Yeah. <laughs> she's got all her teeth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my freshman year of high school, a uh, friend of the family had a French foreign exchange student named Julie. And yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. <laughs> but I was uh, happily married, but I was like, dang, I just go to back, back to high school. I just want to meet this girl. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> All you got to do is become a math teacher. Yeah. Oh, oh apparently. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, we cut to the next day because now they've had their meet cute. They know she speaks English. Uh, Ricky's mom comes out. To like, we've been looking all over for you. And she's got just the craziest face bandage. <laughs> Which also, Paige, she was just standing in the front yard. You have not been looking all over for her. That would have been like the third place you looked. <laughs> you How look- big is your house? I know. You could not You would find look her. in her room, in the living room, and then front yard. like And under Ricky's right butt cheek. You would look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we cut to the next morning, and Lane comes out, and she's working on the Camaro in the driveway and she has managed to get it running the movie yada 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 is over how she was able to do this but she did yeah you know the french are like master mechanics right yes that's exactly how they beat the nazis in world <laughs> that's <II>. right <laughs> <laughs> ouch first of all you know how reliable french cars are uh <laughs> they're not uh but secondly do the french even make cars renault peugeots they make peugeots and and renault's and a couple others yeah okay the guy who Photographed aquatic life? No. (laughs) Jacques Cousteau. Wait, do you mean like Clouseau? Like Inspector? Like the Inspector Clouseau? Yeah, Inspector Clouseau Mobile. <laughs> okay, so I texted Jake because Jake texted me that he had woken up from his nap because I'm I'm at my parents' house right now, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And I texted Jake and I said, We're shaming Todd for eating Crispix. And he texted back, My great granddad loved them. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. They're so good. Oh, so busted, Todd. Oh. Uh, there's going to be one person out there who is like, I also love Chris Biggs. <laughs> what a nice Biggs cereal. Todd's like, it's almost time for fall. Peanut brittle season. <laughs> Yay! Wait, okay, okay. But peanut brittle is delicious and I've made peanut brittle. So, you know, whatever. I'm going to get a letter so in the mail that said, I used to love Chris Biggs in the Great War. <laughs> Please do older movies on RTP. Uh, so. Have you heard of Buster Keaton? <laughs> I like some of them silent films. Okay, so they work together. They get the car running. He tells her about Beth and kind of what all's going on and then remembers that he has to ski the K-12 tomorrow. And she's she says something really fun, which is, I think if you get a little taste of success, you will find that it suits you. Basically, like you just need to win one. And then I think you'll have the confidence to win the rest of them. Yeah. So they take the Camaro out. They come up on those guys that they race all the time. And this time they have like their girlfriends in the car eating lunch with them. And they all (laughs) pull on helmets. (laughs) It's so dumb. It's so funny. But they win the race. The girlfriends leave the car, which is very funny. We're going to go date Stalin, too. (laughs) Yeah. He skis the K-12. But Stalin's so old, like, he is enjoying the Crispix. Like, he is that level of old. (laughs) He's way too old for everyone in this movie. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
bring it around, Todd. <laughs> we cut to Lane and Monique at the top of the K-12, and she's like, it's easy. Just go that way really fast. As something gets in your way, turn. And so she immediately does it like it's nothing. <laughs> And he immediately falls. But as he slides past her falling, he's growling. Like it's making growling noises. Yeah. Does no one else growl when they fail stuff? <laughs> My husband kind of does. I do. I can see that. So um, she's bilingual. Uh, she's a good mechanic. Uh, she's a champion skier and has a good pitching arm. Yeah. This is a yeah. catch. She is. <laughs> yeah. But she's French. Uh, oh, <laughs> negative 40 points. I don't know, man. <laughs> Fucking snail licking bastards. She's a 10, but she's French. She's I'm still <laughs> in. I'm still in. Are you kidding me? Mm. They have lower inhibition. We'll talk about this later. Uh, off the- <laughs> lower <laughs> inhibition? We will not. Someone who eats Crispix does not Needs need to worry inhibitions. about inhibitions. <laughs> yeah. Lower inhibitions means you're going to shit your pants for all the Crispix that you're eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, we cut to them skiing together. And they fall and they're about to kiss. But Charles Dumar skis up and he's like, everyone in the state of Northern California surrounding this mountain. So get the lead out. That is all. And he skis over one of Lane's skis. Yes. But Monique gets up and she's like, go beat this guy and make it quick because we've unfinished business language lessons. And he's like, oh, you're going to teach me French because he's a boy and he's stupid. And she says, (laughs) no, international language. So they kiss and then she says, kick his ass. And as he goes to ski away, he realizes that one of his skis is broken. And also, who should come out of the woods but paper boy, paper boy. Always get the paper boy. boy. Yeah. Two dollars. <laughs> They're skiing after him on bikes. Uh, so Roy's at the top of the mountain alone. He's like, I don't think Lane's going to show up. But then somehow, even though Lane has skied <laughs> down the mountain, he appears again at the top of the mountain. Yes. But on one ski... And now they're both skiing down the K-12, trying to avoid the paper boys. As someone who has skied, this long sequence of one-footed skiing looks very, very hard. Yes. It's super impressive, though, right? Like, I was blown away. Yeah, somebody did do it, too. Yeah. It's a real stunt, yeah. So as they're skiing, Stalin, like whips the paper boy with his like ski pole so funny. causing the paper boy to fall off a cliff mac and me style <laughs> Just, i love it yeah and, and he falls for like i don't know two three hundred feet for sure yeah. oh yeah <laughs> so far yeah. but he appears to have landed in snow and he's fine because he kind of like sits up and he's like two dollars but that would have a hundred percent killed you like you've been instantly dead his serial hate protected him <laughs> right i do want to point out that if you adjust for inflation that two dollars is five dollars and 51 cents <laughs> he's been trying to murder john cusack for three weeks for five dollars and 51 cents yep wild it made me remember do you guys remember when we did frozen on horror virgin and they were trying do to i de- remember the perfect film frozen yes of course i do <laughs> where he jumps off the ski lift yeah yeah it's like three times that height that the paper boy falls and is like i'm okay <laughs> no it's like 20 <laughs> times that height man it's like 300 feet the dude in frozen like straight legs it from 30 feet and breaks both of his legs <laughs> yeah just like crunch he <laughs> doesn't even roll he didn't roll i can't I can't rehash that film. That was the episode where I told the story about coming up with the Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And that literally was on the front page of Reddit like yesterday. yesterday. 
Yeah. It that, was yesterday. Cool. Terry that's in the Facebook bonkers. group made the uh, eggs Abraham Lincoln. I'm going to assume a professional photographer for food. I know. Yeah. And like just crushed the recipe and what well, he and his girlfriend made it and then ate it. And he took some amazing photos and put it on food porn Reddit. So I know you know what good <laughs> breakfast looks like. <laughs> yeah, I come up with presidential themed breakfasts. So what president is Crispin? <laughs> Definitely Bernie Sanders. <laughs> no, he's never been a president though. It's twenty. It's twenty twenty four. Is this Crispin? Oh, we can only hope. Now he's too old to run again. We can't. I I know. <laughs> William Henry Harrison eats Crispin. <laughs> Frozen was also the movie where we established the rule of like don't go on trips that you weren't invited on. Yeah, like if she didn't. If she hadn't been there. It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have. Anyway, so now that they've gotten rid of the paper boys, paper boys, they ski down the rest of the hill. Lane is on one ski, and he and Stalin basically tie. But Lane is on one ski, so they're just like clearly the guy on one fucking ski. The angle's not great, but Lane. Technically wins by like a foot or something. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone surrounds him. Beth is immediately trying to get back together with him. And Monique sees it and she's kind of sad. But before she can even do anything, Ricky and his mom show up and they're like dragging her back to the car. But also <laughs> the racing brothers show up and they're reporting on it like it's a news channel. Yeah. And they're like, do you have anything to say? And he just says, language lessons. And they're like, a confusing comment. <laughs> <laughs> From a man who knows how to skate. How to skate. So crazy. So he runs after Monique, wrestles her away from Ricky and the mom, and then ski pole sword fights with Ricky until he knocks him over onto his own mother. I loved the ski pole sword fight because it's like, how could this get crazier? Oh, yes. yeah, this is how. <laughs> and at one point where he goes and uh, Lane is going to like push off. With this, but like he doesn't move at all because he's so <laughs> heavy. Yeah, and yeah. and that's like the yeah. one time Ricky's like, ha ha. Yeah, <laughs> it's so dumb. I love it so much. I love old timey sword fights. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. So he throws Monique over his shoulder, takes her back to his Camaro that he drove in the snow. <laughs> that he drives away really fast. Oh with yeah, no chains. I'd be no like, chains. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be in a snowbank. Yeah, they wreck that in 30 <laughs> seconds down that hill. Yeah. But we cut to him with the Camaro sitting on home plate at jo Dodger Stadium with the sacks, making out with her on the hood of the car as the little paper boy rides up to see the car. Basically, he's chased them all the way there. And then there's an after credit sequence where the space shuttle launches <laughs> through the house. The house. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy, man. I so loved it. Dumb. Love it. And, and that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Better Off Dead? It's silly. Classic. Love yeah. it. It just still totally holds up. Yeah. I am a huge fan of the sort of magical realism of it. It's just super silly. But if you're not in the mood for that, I get why you wouldn't like it. But I am always in the mood for this kind of craziness. <laughs> and crispy. So. <laughs> there you go. So Paige, you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, here it is with your fun facts. Chris, Chris Bix, Bix, fun, fun facts. facts. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Yes. So we don't know exactly where this movie takes place. Uh, they say Green Greendale, I think is what they call it. Sure. But that's kind of like a mythical city name. But they are supposedly at a, a place called Mount Brody Ski Area or Ski 
Um, Mount Brody ski area for skiing. Yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> for skiing. Um, <laughs> and it's since closed, uh, it seems. The parking lot looked like bare. That's like up above Sonora is what it looked like to me. Yeah, the the script says Mount Brody, but Mount Brody is in Massachusetts. But the ski area is supposedly in Northern California. It did look like Big Bear where we've been snowboarding one time. Yes. If you try to look up the Mount Brody ski area because the real one has closed, all of the entries for it are fake for this movie so there's like a whole facebook group for it that just says the ski destination for practically the entire state of northern california i love it home of the k-12 (laughs) that's amazing Uh, yes yeah so like all of the fake mount brody accounts claim to be the home of the k-12 which i think is pretty funny awesome but it appears that the area they were going for is either Bear Valley, which is up north. Uh, So that would have been to Dodger Stadium, Los Angeles. We're talking like a 10-hour drive, give or take. Okay. Or they could have been in Big Bear, but that would be Southern California. But then it would only be like a two to three hour drive to Dodger Stadium. Either way, it's within a day's drive for them to get from the ski resort to Dodger Stadium, if you were curious. Down the PCB. Nope. <laughs> yes. Nope. <laughs> yes, Mikey. Yes. No. I knew you liked I knew people liked that joke. Dad says no, it's they okay. Don't. <laughs> no, Dad don't. One of the main reasons that John Cusack accepted the role in this movie is because he had just been turned down for another big movie. And he'd been in other movies. A lot of people think of this as his first movie. It's not. He was in 16 Candles the year before this. Yeah. As one of like the nerds, which also the other 16 Candles nerd is in this movie in the math class as one of the math students, which is pretty fun. But this was his first leading role. This was like the first time he would have carried or top lined a movie, as they often call it. And he really thought he was going to get a different movie. He was very, very close to it. He was shortlisted with five other people. uh, But ultimately, that part went to somebody else. Don't Google it and give it away, Todd. I was going to have you guess, ruining all the fun. I haven't Googled it. I haven't Googled it. My guess is Back to the Future. It was Back to the Future. It was Back to the Future. Because it also came out in 85. Right. The shortlist was Eric Stoltz, C. Thomas Howell, Ralph Macchio, and then, of course... It ends up going to Alex P. Keaton. It went to Eric Schultz first, right? Eric Stoltz first. Yeah. 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 By Alex P. Keaton, I mean Michael J. Fox. By right. Way, just, that yeah. was his name in Family Ties. If people weren't huge Family Ties fans. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, so he doesn't get back to the future, but he's like literally like weeks from production. He's like, I might get it. I might get it. He doesn't get it. So he takes this instead. Now, this movie... Uh, is semi-autobiographical. What? Yep. Got it, got it. (laughs) Savage Steve Holland, who wrote and directed this movie, uh, was on the ski team in high school, and uh, a girl broke up with him, and he did attempt but survive suicide. So... Uh, I believe that he abandoned the attempt mid-attempt, and and that's how he survived. Okay. That's when he was in the garage hanging from a pipe, and his mom (laughs) was shoving him against the wall. This is his positive mental health care movie he makes. Essentially, of of like, yeah, like, you're right. Life is better. I'm glad I didn't, essentially. We've come a long way since the 80s. Yeah, this is like an 80s version of that, though. You're right. Here's what's even crazier. The girl who broke up with him saw the movie, realized that it was him, and he had made this movie about her. She goes to therapy and calls him and is like, I just need to tell you, I'm very, very sorry. I, it was not 
kind what I did to you and I I didn't realize it affected you that much. I am so sorry. I'm in therapy working through my shit, but I'm just like glad you're alive and glad you're here. And he was God. like, I'm sorry, who are you? I'm sorry, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly what he wanted. To, that is Tom yep. Petty level of, this is exactly what I wanted from this film. Right. right. Oh, I know, but to <laughs> complete the Todd Petty, you would then say, I'm sorry, who is this? I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's still mad at her. Bitch, who? <laughs> <laughs> like when someone asked uh, the lead singer from Maroon 5 if he still talks to Jane, and he said, I don't return her phone calls. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, Adam. Um, but essentially from what I understand of the story, from what I read, he, he was very cool of like, Hey, I just use this from my life to make a funny movie. It's we're cool basically. So they are, Did they get on back together in terms. No, 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 no. Are they still together? Oh, yeah, they're still together now. <laughs> so for the guy who played Stalin, a guy named Aaron Dozier, uh, he arrived to his audition and he had never met Savage Steve Holland before. He knew of his work, but he'd never actually seen him in person. So when he walked in the room, he was like, who's this chubby kid? And they're like, that's the fucking director. Oh, God. <laughs> but Savage Steve Holland was like, that's exactly the guy to play the bully. <laughs> like, yeah. He's an that. asshole. He's 48 years old. Let's get him <laughs> yeah. in high school. He's 48 years old. He actually was a skier. That's part of why they cast him. And he's not really in any other movies much like there's stuff here and there, but he didn't really act again after Better Off Dead but instead went back to like ski coaching. So like he coached like oh Boston's God. college ski teams for like a long time. That's sort of awesome, honestly, though. Like yeah, good for him. Of. Yeah. Okay. I just looked it up on IMDb. He did two movies, both in 1985 and yep. one was mm -hmm. Hail to the Chief and one was Better Off Dead. Yep. So the movie features scenes where he works in a fast food restaurant, obviously, but in the original script, the scenes in the fat fast food restaurant included a rat accidentally falling into a deep fryer and being served to a customer. And that's why he gets fired. Uh, but the producers were like, that's fucking gross. Yeah, <laughs> we should make it claymation hamburgers instead. And so that's what happened. OK, that's how we get that claymation scene. They had to like fill it. They filmed the rat scene, but like they wanted to cut it from the movie. So this is what they filled it with. A much better choice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dark. The rat. Yes. Uh, this movie is a cult classic, obviously. Clearly. But one person who really didn't like it at the time was John Cusack. Now, it's kind of a weird story where he didn't see the full movie until the premiere and he walked out 20 minutes into it. So like... He didn't even sit all the way through it. Wow. But also he had been present the entire editing process. So everyone who like worked on it was like, what do you mean? Like you saw the movie we were cutting together. Yeah. Like you saw the dailies. What's your deal? Yeah. You were in it. <laughs> like, <what do> you <laughs> um, but he got super mad with the director. Unfortunately, he had already signed on to make One Crazy Summer, which was Savage Steve Holland's next film. Film. It was legit the next year, right? Yes, they were already halfway through filming it. Oh, wow. Okay. John Cusack came out of that screening and then verbally berated Savage Steve Holland was just like, this movie sucks. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. And that like you used me, you made a fool out of me, all this other stuff. And Savage Steve Holland's like, what the fuck? Like, where is this coming from? Right. What has happened? So they then have kind of a distant, contentious relationship for the rest of One Crazy Summer. Wow. But they do finish it. But John Cusack, 
kind of writes off both movies because One Crazy Summer is also kind of crazy like this movie. Now, more recent years, John Cusack, because this movie is so beloved, I think, has tried to kind of downplay how much he hated it originally for years. Like if, retcon it? Yes. Yeah. Like for for years, if people were like, $2, he would be like, fuck you, like on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> hates this movie. But so in a recent Reddit AMA, he basically is like, it's fine, but I didn't really, it didn't connect with me essentially. But Savage Steve Holland was like, no, that dude was an asshole about it. And his treatment of me regarding that movie was, quote, the second time my heart was broken since that girl that Better Off Dead was about. Oh, oh, oh. snap. <laughs> yes, yeah. That girl's just reading the paper, gets to that, and is like, what? I thought he said we were cool. It's not cool. Yeah. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. How cocky is this guy that it's technically his first top line movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was just in a trunk as a geek with those glasses getting pulled out of the uh, out yeah. of the car and 16 candles. And now right. this is his movie and he's so cocky about it. Like he's already a star. What's up? You know, that this movie made you bro. It did. Yeah. It made him. At the time it did bad. It did really bad in theaters. And I think that was part of it is that he was like, I'm ruined, which he wasn't like, he went on to have a huge career, obviously. Yeah. When did he do sure thing? Sure thing is like 86 or 7. So he he did fine. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, no, he he literally has worked consistently since this movie. There has never been a lull. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's had a few projects every year since 85. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Savage Steve Holland. Yeah, honestly. Right? Yes. Well, in response, Savage Steve Holland then was like, this is why I didn't really make a lot of movies after this. But he does transition to TV and becomes one of the early directors and creators for Nickelodeon and a few other things as well, Um, particularly in animation. He's done a lot of animation stuff. Is that the Schneider, the Schneider Connect, too? Is that the deal? Yes. Now, here's something interesting, though, about this film, because at the time it was it didn't critically do well. Uh, But something changed around 1985, and that's the invention of home video. Yep. Because prior to that, that wasn't a thing. But so now that you could rent this movie on VHS, it gets a whole new life on VHS to the point that Savage Steve Holland would walk into Blockbuster and always check to see if it was there, and it was always rented out. And so when he went to go ask at his local Blockbuster about it, the Blockbuster employees told him that it was the movie they had to replace the most often because people would rent it and never bring it back. So like it becomes this video cult classic. That's amazing. But also as soon as they could sell this movie into screening on television, because there's not much that you would have to cut out of it for TV. This movie screens on television for about 20 years straight until streaming platforms became the norm. Yeah. So proving that either John Cusack has had a change of heart or that he finds it that he is just like, well, I have to love Better Off Dead because everyone else does. Regardless, uh, 25 years after this movie was made, John Cusack makes a little movie called Hot Tub Time Machine. Love that movie. Hot Tub Time Machine is essentially a reference factory for Better Off Dead. For starters... In the opening of, like, once they first get back to the 80s, a guy walks past them with, like, 
an early cell phone. He's like, yeah, I'm talking to you from the mountain. Can you believe that? I don't care what the bet was. I want my $2, just like specifically. <laughs> but also, if you've seen Hot Tub Time Machine, I don't know if everyone here has. It's been a while. It's like 10, 12 years old at this point. Yeah. But the plot of Hot Tub Time Machine is basically this movie. Yeah, it is. It's basically Better Off Dead. Wow, I have to watch that. Okay. We can watch Hot Tub Time Machine tonight if you want. It's pretty funny. It is pretty <laughs> um, funny, yeah. But also, as I mentioned, the plot is the plot of this movie, which means that you have a ski villain, but the ski villain in Hot Tub Time Machine is played by someone on our spit list. Do you remember who it was? I don't remember Joseph, who it was. Joseph Stalin? <laughs> it's not Joseph Stalin. Mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. give you a clue. They had their original teeth at the time. Crispin Glover. No. no. <laughs> he is not on the list. He's not on the spit He's list. in that movie, Chris though. Crispix Glover. He is in that movie, but yeah. No, Chris, it's not Crispix Glover. Uh, no, it is Sebastian Stan with his original teeth. Oh, that's right. I forgot Sebastian Stan was in that movie. Yep, yeah. yep. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Better Off Dead in 1985. Two million. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? Four million. Dad, you want to venture a guess? I was going to say four because of the animation and stuff. That's that they what I was in. thinking. I thought that that would be tough. Because I'm truly a son. <laughs> well, I know the real answer. So the uh, you guys are actually the closest, though. It's $3.5 million. And if you adjust there for you inflation, go. that's roughly... million today. Now, this movie came out or premiered on August 23rd, 1985. It was 31 in the theater the week it came out, and it was only in 13 theaters. But the number one movie that week was Back to the Future. The number two movie that week was another Michael J. Fox vehicle, Teen Wolf. Number three was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Number four was Volunteers. And number five was Year of the Dragon. That's a good week. <laughs> that top three, Pee-wee. Yeah, number six was Return of the Living Dead. National Lampoon. Yes. Yeah, National Lampoon European Vacation was number eight. Cocoon was nine. Fright Night was <laughs> ten. Real Genius wow. was 11. Rambo First Blood oh. Part 2. Oh. I know. Oh, Ra- and First Blood Part 2? Yeah, say? that was 13. So My yeah, favorite film? Weird Science was 17. <laughs> Mad Max Beyond oh. Thunderdome was 19. St. Elmo's Tina Fire. Turner. I know. St. Elmo's Fire was 20. Like, there were a lot of big movies out. The Goonies was still out at this time. It was 20. Anyway, so this was 31st in the theaters when it came out. It was... Uh, only in 13 theaters, though. Uh, so do you guys want to guess what it made in its opening weekend? 13 theaters. That, yeah, not much. I'm yeah. going to say... 80, 87 grand. Uh, no, I'm going to say about 600 grand. Okay. Yeah, I'll say $400,000. So uh, dad's way closer. It was $56,000. Yes. Oh, Again, brutal. Guys, only... Only 13 Do the math, theaters, 85, right? 13 theaters. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Um, it, if you adjust for inflation, that's about $155,000 today. But it stayed in about 13 theaters. It like trickled down in its seventh week. It was only in four theaters. And I, I don't know what happened, but the week of October 11th, it goes from four theaters to 650 theaters and then goes from in its seventh week making $9,700 to making $2.5 million literally the next weekend, making it the number seven movie in its 
eighth weekend out. Interesting. Wow. I bet something else pulled out. Like there was some sort of delay and it had to fill a spot. I mean, yeah, whatever it was, like people went to see it in its eighth week out, which I don't understand what happened, but it jumped from like in the 30s to seven in the theaters. And it stayed at number seven the next weekend and then eight, and then it slowly trickled out. But it eventually went on to make $10.2 million domestically. Okay. So it made its money back. And if you adjust that for inflation, that's about $28.3 million today. And then that doesn't account for home market. I was about to say that. Yeah, I don't yeah. have that information because it's an older movie and it just didn't ca- capture all that information. But it did make a ton of money in the home market. I yeah. watched this on a DVD last night. And the DVD um, is one that when you plug it in, it immediately goes to the movie yeah. before they actually would make a clickable menu where it would just oh, play yeah. automatically mm. and that is my third version of this <laughs> uh having busted through a dvd uh, uh, excuse me a vhs and um having a, a vhs that i then replaced with the dvd so level three on this movie a classic yeah absolutely <laughs> you should own it yes it's pretty cheap on amazon most of the time if you want an old dvd of it but also streaming on showtime right now yeah absolutely you know, but that is your box office so do you guys still think they're still together? No. No. Uh, but that's okay. Yeah, I think she went back to France. Yeah. yeah. The real couple is confidence. He gained <laughs> confidence. I think Absolutely. he just flew back to France with her. I, I do too. That's, the <laughs> that's what I want for him. Yeah, he chased his woman to France. <laughs> he can't live in a house with a stud brother. so this week Paige you made us watch better off dead and thank you so much for that mikey what are you making us watch next week we'll do the map of tiny perfect things which is also a time loop movie oh (laughs) awesome so your homework for next week is to watch a map of tiny little perfect things is that what you said mikey yes on netflix i believe it's on amazon oh sweet it's available on prime video yeah it's an amazon prime original film Awesome. So yeah, your homework for next week is to fall into a time loop again and watch the map of tiny perfect things on Amazon Prime. So Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> I do not. This is what we get for recording so late at night. So Mikey, while you're yawning and looking up a review. Thank you for doing that for me, by the way. I appreciate that. I couldn't get home till five. Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. I didn't get home till like five minutes before. I was like, what? Yeah, we normally record late in the week. I rushed home and Paige is like, we're recording in an hour. And I was like, oh. You were like, cool, I can shower. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'll do Clark 21. Oh, what does Clark 21 have to say? Love it. <laughs> awesome. Love it. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. It's a good title. I followed this power thruple over from Horror Virgin and, 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 am, whew, and am so glad I did. Clark, this is your first admonishment for this review. I honestly just looked at the review and it's written correctly. So I don't know why he's complaining about it, Clark. He just can't say and am so glad. And am so glad. (laughs) Right. I just don't think it sounds great. That's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The, The banter and friendships between the hosts are a delight to listen to, comma. And I always enjoy their perspectives on the movies. I will listen to you three talk about anything. Semicolon. This person is very grammatic. Is that a good or a bad thing? You said that like you were disgusted by it. Semicolon, I just met her. <laughs> and your dad's talking about butt stuff. Yeah, no <laughs> Mikey, we can just call him dad. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Except when he talks about butt stuff, I'm like, you're dad. <laughs> Action movie podcast? Documentar- 
doc <laughs> wow documentary <laughs> podcast documentary podcast wow i'm done i'm here for it also i think a documentary <laughs> podcast would be terrible essentially cult podcast is kind of a documentary podcast. <laughs> yeah except like what if you just did cult podcast episodes on documentaries of cults yeah That's a lot what of times do. we do yeah. i mean we also get other research, sources right but it is part of the research yeah, yeah. We were also just recently in a documentary that hasn't come out yet. So. I was just thinking about you and Armando going scene by scene through like a documentary. Do you guys remember that time Ken Burns <laughs> zoomed in slowly on that photo for 30 seconds? <laughs> so yes. cool. Chilling. That's my favorite. <laughs> of all the zooms. The Ken Burns. Oh, so good. Well, Clark21, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star review. Oh, and we should say, Dad, great yes. to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us as a guest. Thank you yes, so thank much. Thank you so much. It was good to spend time with you. Yeah. Again. Oh, it's good to hang out. Uh, why don't you guys just road trip? Uh, there's, a, there's a wedding coming. I don't know why. you. I, we want to see you. I'd love to go. I, I just don't have the money, but I'd love to go. I went on a call today in Opryland and walked to the atrium, and I was like, last mm. time I was here... I saw dad. Yep. <laughs> and we had a very swanky dinner. It was great. Yeah, it was good swank. It was a good time. But do you have anything you want to plug, dad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can you can see my daughter on um, all the stuff. Aww. <laughs> Aww, thanks. If, if you're in uh, Northern in California. In Sacramento, yeah, right? Yeah, August 11th, I'll be roast battling in Sacramento. So if you want to see Roast Battle Live, but you're not in L.A., but you are in Northern California, August 11th. I'm promoing something where people are yeah. just going to give my daughter crap and and make <laughs> fat jokes. Yes. And I, 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 as a dad, I don't know why I'm letting that happen, but um, it'll help her career. It's my hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get to watch me pull a Charles Dumar and laugh at someone making a joke about me, but then turn around and say something way worse. <laughs> Do you know the street value of these fat jokes? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just romancing pod show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show <laughs> SHO like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. Except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. I'm Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and you complete us. To completion. Say it, Mikey. Say it. <laughs> you want me to put my baguette in your mouth? No. What? Oh. Why? Because she's French? Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Chris Dix. <laughs> Bye. Chris oh, I, I got another one. Wait. Oh, oh, oh. You got <laughs>
<laughs> Do you guys want to see what I keep in my S cargo shorts? <laughs> 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 All right. We'll see you next week.